We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this the black sheep sticking it to him. I need a crib like I'm Gatsby. I need it in hand. Just understand my pockets that deep. With nothing to prove, I ain't got nothing to do. And it can't compete, and I got nothing to lose. My dog. Back repping the merch, which you can get at the merch store. Yes, Merchandise.com. VeteransMinimum.com Shiny little hat, man. You know what I'm saying? Listen, it's the holidays. Up. If you guys want to get some nice goodies for your people, it's there's no better time. I mean, why not? There's no better time. This would look amazing on anyone, anyone. With, a, with anything. Yeah, because we have different color options. On them. Yeah, too. Can I get this in purple if I wanted to? Any color you want, bro. Wait, green? Any color? I'm telling you, we got options. That's crazy. Look at this. Yeah, many options. Different sizes? Yeah. I mean, bro, look at the size of my head, dude. I got to have. Yeah, that's a, fucking, that's a melon. That's a you melon. You got a melon dude. going. I can't wear a hat sometimes because I get that red line across the top. Ooh. Seven and three fourths is a tight squeeze. Like you're thinking hard. <sighs> it's not much brain in there, but we do have charisma and spunk. How did they find a helmet to fit you? I was, was called it, Chrome Dome when I played football. Did bro. you have a special helmet? There was one time when I was in high school where a kid on the team needed a special helmet. I might have. Did you? I might have, yeah. They had to order one. And I wore a visor for no reason. I was not that cool to wear a visor. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No. It was rough. It was rough. But let's not bury the lead. We got a special guest in the studio. uh, A late late guest, you know? Sort of like out the bullpen, emergency, you know, the backup. The starter got hurt. He hit me up. A guy whose work I do admire. I'm a big fan of. We connected during the pandemic. And we kind of built a really cool relationship and friendship. And I've rooted for him from the beginning. He lives in New York. Uh, I would say he's an adopted New Yorker now. <laughs> loves the Knicks. We were talking about it. Right? Loves the Knicks. And uh, he's someone whose work I genuinely appreciate and admire. And my dog, Jack Settlement, is in the building. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. Hey, the sentiment is definitely the same because we, like you said, we talked during the pandemic and I see a lot of you a couple of years ago, just based off of talking to you for a couple of minutes, like where you came from. And then now I'm in your studio. <laughs> like this thing is insane. So, uh, congrats to you. Oh yeah, man. I appreciate That's that awesome. dude. Like I feel, I feel as if certain people you kind of want to like, it's inspiring, bro. For real. Like your whole story with snapback sports and 
the fucking phone cases. I remember that story with John Wall. Like that shit is crazy to see what you turned it into and everything that you're doing now. And for the people that might not know, can you tell the people a little bit about what it is that you're working on and doing? Because George, it's a lot of shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I you can go to his Instagram right now at Jack Settlement and cheap yeah, plug. Cheap I plug. mean. I mean, the bio says it all. You know, when you got all those ad tags and <laughs> yeah. it says CEO and founder, you're like, oh, this is the boss. This, this we, are, we are doing a lot. I will say that. And I think spreading yourself thin is actually, could be problematic. My battery level is higher than most. And I think that's how I adopted New York as almost a second city. I grew up in Baltimore, but the speed of New York is not for everyone. I mean, you were just there. Yeah, no, I, I without you saying that, I, I explained, I was like, dude, I went to New York and I was like, Damn, I feel like this is the, exactly how I worked this year. It's everybody all the time. It's crazy. It's nonstop. But yeah, I founded Snap Exports about six years ago. I worked for Action Network coming out of college, Whistle Sports. So I had some like corporate, I would say, startup corporate background. And then three years ago, went full time. This all originated off of a Snapchat account. So House of Highlights or, you know, a lot of those accounts inspired me. And I was like, no one's doing it on Snap. And this was when vertical content didn't exist. Like it was a snap story. It was the only vertical. Then Instagram copies them. Nowadays, everything is vertical for the most part. Yep. So built that up. The biggest thing we did was we just built an insane community. And we actually were one of the first podcasts at Blue Wire. And so we used that community. We ran up the charts, got to number one on sports, which was like an insane moment for us. Like I'll never forget, like I'm at a bar at midnight and I'm posting like, keep going, keep going. And like, we're skipping over Stephen A. Smith. And I'm like, you know, five years ago, I was watching this clown on TV, admiring his work. And now like our silly little podcast is ahead of his. So uh, some great memories, especially being able to reminisce here. Now we create content and we create content for like people who love sports and you guys work in sports, sports adjacent. There's people who love sports and then there's sports business. And I think that marriage is where I come from. I had a family business where uh, we sold beer to the Ravens and the Orioles. So watching my mom run that business and every time the Ravens won, it meant we sold more beer is a whole lot different than the fan who just wants to win because they're a diehard fan. We now have like our life on the line to a degree, which probably has a lot to do with like why I'm obsessed with gambling to a degree, right? Like that's what I was going to mention. It's all a like, different way to get a bet down uh, at, at large volume. So uh, the one thing about me though, is I genuinely love sports. Like the energy, the passion, the connection, the community. I always use the analogy. If you were to like, if Apple sells a trillion dollars worth of phones this Christmas, which they probably will, like no one in the boardroom is excited. They're just like celebrating their stock price going up. If whatever, if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, like grown adults will be crying over a children's game and you just can't capture that anywhere else. And so we take that kind of passion and then put it into our content and, and share that with people who feel the same. Bro, it's so spot on because I forgot who said it. And it's one of my favorite quotes about sports. It's like Hollywood writers and actors get paid millions of dollars to come up with these crazy, hypothetical, captivating storylines. And sports give it to you like four times a week, right? Like the four amount times of a day, yeah, yeah, no, sometimes a day, but like the amount of times where some wild shit goes down and like Tommy DeVito now, right? Like that's some shit out of a movie. How about the fact that the NFL created an entire campaign about it being scripted? Like that's how good it is naturally Yep, at sports. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Like the storylines are 
every week, bro. Any sport. It's just nuts. And, you know, there's a team in the NBA right now that's lost 20 games in a row. <laughs> no, and it's then you crazy. have other you have other things like back to Tommy DeVito as a New York Giants fan. I've been going through the ringer, Jack. Like it's not as fun as being a fucking Ravens yeah. fan now. <laughs> But it's been, it's been some the hard insanity times. run, they're calling it. Yeah. it. It's been fun. I mean, even the agent last night or Monday night on, on TV was hilarious. Like, it, it's entertainment. It's great. And, bro, why not ca capitalize on that? Yeah. Right? Like, who knows? Maybe, you know, they're going to play Philly soon. And anyone who plays Philly as a Giants quarterback looks like shit. So <laughs> I was talking to my buddy, Will. We do jujitsu together. And he's a big Eagles fan. And I was telling him, dude, all this, uh, hey, the passing buys on, all that shit. Like, once, once he got to go with the Philly, it's out the door. <laughs> so, Tommy, capitalize now, bro. I should say cuz. Capitalize now, cuz, because the Eagles are lurking. And, and they're going through it. So they're going to need a big win. But... Dude, Jack, you're, you're absolutely right, man. It's, it's the coolest thing. Like, sports are so dope. That's, you know, I always felt like my life, I wanted to do some shit with sports, right? Mm -hmm. Like, everybody wants to grow up and be an athlete. And then you hit the realization, like, yo, bro, you're a 5'10 white dude. The ceiling is kind of <laughs> low. You, know what I'm you should like, probably look into the sports media. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe running your mouth since you can't run fast is what you should be doing. But I always wanted to do something. And, and recently, I was on a pod, and I was talking to a friend of mine on there and she asked me about like, <clears throat> what would you, what did you want to do like growing up? And I was like, yo, I always wanted to do something in sports. You know, like if the podcast stuff didn't work out in the content and dude, for me, it was like being a football coach. Mm -hmm. like, I fell in love with football, bro. I grew up a soccer kid. I was soccer my whole life. I was pretty good, George. The boy was yeah. nice. How yeah. good? I mean, bro, I was getting Nick. recruited as a sophomore in high school by like some big time D1 really? schools. I had just came back from Greece. Okay. And I played in an international tournament out there with my club team. I did a lot of travel soccer. Yeah. I played defensive midfield. Okay. So I played a, I played a position that was like not flashy. Not a lot of people nah, played it. Yeah. And it was like, yo, like I cardio machine, bro. Cardio stallion. Like I would never get like the first minute to the 90th minute. It kind of looked like the game just started. Like yeah. I was one of those guys. I mean, this shocks me. This this shocks me. You, you're also the same guy that says when I throw an interception in football, I don't go chase after the, for the tackle. I do not. Cardio machine, throw, though. Hey, I, cardio machine. If I throw an interception, hey, on, bro. listen, when I played football, I could also sling a football. I, jam, I've you seen know? the flag yeah, football listen, clips. Listen, yeah. I could sling. George saw it too. I almost killed George. I almost put him right into a pole. The first I was time so, I the, yeah. He threw a deep ball and I was just running and there was a pole there and I made the catch and it hit my side. It was offensive PI. It was. I, yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I had last second pushed off. But dude, I was, so I was a soccer kid, right? And I had just come back from Greece and there were a couple of teams that were like, hey, they were talking to my dad. Cause like, what was I? I was 14, yeah. 15 years old. Like, hey, next summer, bring him out here for the whole summer. He could join the academy. And between that summer to the next, the guy who now coaches my old high school football team, Vinny, he was the quarterback before me. And dude, I played. I played quarterback like fucking around at the park. Mm -hmm. Like I was good, but like to learn a playbook, I thought that was like a different wild. language and it was wild. It was like, bro, I'm telling you, you could do it, dude. You'll be good. Like they need a quarterback also. And bro, like similar to the first time I did jujitsu, I fell in love with that shit right away. Like taking a shotgun snap mm -hmm. and all that. And from there, I transitioned from being a soccer kid to a football guy. Wow. And I completely abandoned soccer. And I often ask people on the show, and I'm going to ask you this now yeah. too. What's your biggest regret Ooh. In, in anything? Right? Yeah. And the reason why I ask you this is because for me, when I ask people this, and since I'm putting you on the spot, I'm going to give mm -hmm. you a chance to yeah, think yeah. about it. 
I tell people it's quitting soccer when I did. But on the flip side, I fell in love with football, which has now given me everything I'm doing now, yeah. right? Like football was my big passion that allowed me to create the content. So like, is it a regret? Who knows? Maybe at yeah. 17, I blow out an Achilles or tear an ACL and then You're I'm never no the longer same. that yeah, happy. Yeah. So like, what, what would you say no, is your it's, biggest it's regret? It's funny you say it. So uh, growing up, I was a soccer player. That was my sport. Even in Maryland where lacrosse was really the sport, soccer was the sport I loved to play. And I started to hate soccer when my coach, there was one morning I'll never forget. It was like January and the Ravens were on. It was one of the last weeks of the season. Sunday, 10 a.m. practice was called for. And my dad, I'm like, oh, is practice canceled? Because I look out the window and there's ice and snow on the ground. And like, that's how competitive club soccer was, you know? And it, it was like, we're practicing on a sheet of ice. So I kind of like fell out of love for it. But then I got to high school and it was a little more toned down, but our team finished one in the country uh, my senior year. And I was the only starter to not go and play D1. So that's my claim to fame. But in eighth grade, I tried it out for football. I wanted to be a quarterback, but I was tiny back then. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't even throw outside the hashes. Um, so I, I have a similar story, but I, I reverted back to, to the pitch. My biggest regret, like you said, the regret isn't actually like I stay up thinking about this stuff because I'm not like a, everything happens for a reason, but the timing just worked out. I would have gone for snapback sports a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. I would say. You know, you, you want to make sure everything's secure. You want to make sure it's going to work out. But I think if I, you know, made the leap a year earlier, like I would have done that. Same thing with YouTube. I wish that I had done the YouTube channel five years ago when I first started Snapback. Like we're just really getting started. We're, we're nine months in, but we just restarted the channel, which we'll talk about like five weeks ago. So I could have been doing this for five years in five weeks and like where we'd be at. But in the same vein, it's like all those learnings are why I've gotten to this place and why I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it for the next five years so that I don't have that regret. So yeah, it's, it's always just like, I wish I had gotten started on some stuff earlier, but then also realizing like stuff just takes time. Like we talked pandemic, right? At the pandemic, if I had said, you're going to be sitting in Vegas, right? You would have been like, that's my dream. That's insane. And like, it didn't happen the next week or the next year. It took a few years, but like we're here now and where you're going to be in a few years, is going to be probably twice as dope as this. So um, no real regrets, but if I had to pick one, something, something along getting started earlier. Yeah, man. And to your point, like another conversation I had recently, like, yo, I, I fuck with people that go through some shit. Yeah. That I know that if you've been through adversity and you've gone through some like fuckery, which everyone does, it's like, yo, I know you're not going to fold when yeah. it gets bad. Right. And for someone like you, dude, bro, he had like, how many subs did you have on your YouTube channel? 600,000. And then he just, yeah, I saw was like, yo, tweet. Yeah. he was yeah, just like, yo, I'm not crazy. doing this shit no more. I just fucking X'd out the, yeah. the channel. You know what I would do for 600,000 subs right now, George? Well, that's uh, what I thought. That's what I thought. Subscribe to the Patreon so and Nick, the Nick Patreon. will show you what he'll yeah, fucking do I'll for 600. Do a lot of weird shit. Whatever you think is weird, that's what I would do. But like, bro, to, to do that, to just like abandon it, like, do you do that if you didn't go through those growing pains until now? No, I mean, that was, so for those who don't know, 
at the start of this year, our big goal was to build YouTube content because I think long form content, podcasting, YouTube, et cetera, is the future of content. Shorts are great for top of funnel exposure, awareness, but like you need people to sit down, listen to you, fall in love with you, right? You can't do that in 30 seconds. So we, we put together a strategy to grow on YouTube as YouTube launched YouTube shorts. And so we knew how short form content works. So we just blasted that stuff and we grew to 600,000 subs from like 30K that we had built like a real audience from. What we found out is when we then tried to turn on that long form content, essentially imagine like just random people subscribing because they liked a random video and then they, they weren't there for us. And so yeah. then those videos, we get like 400, 800 views. Our top video ever, we literally won the Kentucky Derby. I can tell that story later, but like we were on NBC front row with the owners who won the Derby. We had all that footage. That video got 2000 views on this 600,000K channel. And so like... We were like, is our content not good? Is the thumbnails not good titles? And so after six months of testing and trying, we were like, all right, I think we're at a place where the content's good. We need to restart. And so we have five videos and every single one but one has over 2000 views. So like the the decision is, you know, come true, come to fruition. But had we not gone through that testing and trialing, like we would have never ended up where we are, you know, today in December. I mean, it's, I think it's very important for like young content creators to understand like the waves that it's going through right yeah. now and that it does require the testing. I heard Mr. Beast talk about like a lot of AB testing of like how long something should be on the screen, what color captions you should use and all that stuff. So I know you went through probably all that stuff. Do you edit your own content? No, or did you we, have people yeah, that... And, and that's the thing. We were at a huge advantage because we've got a professional thumbnail designer that we work with. We've got the resources to travel to all these events, to script them. We have a full-time editor. We're now working with a YouTube consultant. Like, this is the thing. We're investing so much into this. So we're at a major advantage and the majority of people don't have that luxury, but it doesn't mean it's not possible. Like, it, like if you really commit to it, the problem today is everyone assumes they see the TikTok star who got famous in six weeks and they're like, okay, if my content's not hitting in six weeks, right, it's not good. And then they'll give it six months, which is, I'll give them credit. You work hard on something in six months, you still don't see a success. I, I always say, if you commit to 10 years, which is insane to think about. But if you commit to 10 years, I have no doubt in my mind, you would be successful creating content. If you're an accountant, you're committing to 30 years of being an accountant, right? And so if by year four, you're not the top accountant at the firm, no one, no one at the Thanksgiving table is like, why haven't you made it? Right. But then you're making content four years. You haven't made it. They're like, you're so silly. You're on social media. Right. But give it like a, a true long-term view. And uh, I, I would bet on that person all day. I love that. Dude, that's and good. To piggyback off that, I've always the the like three pillars that I always would fall back on, bro, has a lot to do with what you're saying, Jack. Number one is if I genuinely enjoy what I'm doing. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, if the answer to number one is yes, you genuinely enjoy it. Number two, I'll figure out a way to monetize it down the road. Yeah. Now look. I'm pretty transparent, bro, with everything. Like, I kind of put all my shit out there. <laughs> the pod doesn't do well enough in order for me to just be able to just record. Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah, I yeah. want to have some, like, Joe Rogan, Pat McAfee shit where I have my buddies come on, we talk shit, we're drinking beers, and we're giving out sports bets, giving out sports takes, right? That's what everyone's yeah. goal is. But I'm like a hustler, bro, like, from New York. And I know you got that same kind of <laughs> swag and attitude about you. 
where I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to get shit done until I get to that. Yeah. And this is the most successful year I've ever had, both financially, both like mentally, um, super fucking happy, which is something I couldn't say not too long ago. And like the show, the big reason why like jujitsu means a lot to me is like, it's the same thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. bro, today I got my ass whooped like bad. Right. <laughs> Two days ago, I went in there and I was ragdolling people. Like, yeah. this is what happens. It's like, yo, it's not going to be an overnight thing. And eventually, if you keep showing up and getting shit done, like, yo, it's going to keep building and keep building. And that's like a big microcosm of everything that you're saying with this stuff, too. But also on the flip side, fucking crazy to give up 600,000 subscribers on the YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel. No, it's, that's nuts. But, yo, I commend you, too, because, like, not a lot of people would do that. Yeah. I would be scared to do that. We thought, I mean, we, we thought about selling it. It is, it's hidden. So it's not like actually deleted from, but it, to me, it's like worthless. Like genuinely the content we put out on there, it will not perform. So like it's vanity metrics, you know, we have 600,000 subscribers, yeah, but, but like people love that. These, I mean, they, there is so many people that are playing the game right. in a very fake way. Exactly. And then fakes get exposed. You know, that's what happened. Right. So like, for example, we were pitching Amazon on doing, on like partnering for our Thursday night tour that we're on right now. And I think that was a large part of why we didn't delete it until later in the season because we didn't end up partnering with them. But like a huge pushing point was like, hey, we have 600,000 subscribers on YouTube. But had we gone 12 weeks into the season and the content had 800 views per video, what would that mean to them? Nothing. Versus now we just had a 20,000 view video. It's like, that is what they want. They want the viewership. So the subscriber count really doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, t- TBD if we do anything with the channel in the future, yeah, but uh, the new channel is definitely, you know, with less than 1500 subscribers. It's, it's, it's cooking. The YouTube algorithm is, is finding our people. That's great. I'm going to sub right now. I appreciate yeah, it. I'm going to have all the links to all of Jack's stuff in the description of the episode. I want, I do want to dive into football for sure. Um, Cause our three teams are all going in opposite directions. Uh, oh yeah. He's a saints fan. His saints. is kind of just like staying afloat. Um, even though like my, my team's a game back of a wild card, which is <laughs> how are we six point favorites? The division. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild. Six point favorites versus you guys. What happened? It, the line opened up at, like Saints were two and a half point favorites and then it jumped to six. Any reason? I don't know. You So usually what would happen is since the Giants won on Monday, the line would move in favor of the Giants, but it's moving away. Yeah. That's why I was like, is Tommy DeVito not playing? But he is. <laughs> no, he's a starter the rest of the way. Um, I think it's a good matchup. Well, yeah, we're playing each other this week. I mean, like we should, we should definitely address it that, uh, the Saints, I think if if we have Taysom Hill, like we dominate you guys. I think Taysom Hill was activated. That's what it was. They didn't think Taysom Hill was playing. Mm. Taysom, Taysom Hill's Hill. worth a field goal to the spread now. Uh, yeah. When the Saints, yeah, he's the most important player in the Saints. Like <laughs> so, yeah, without a doubt. Hold on, hold on. I'm glad he that he's is. here because he doesn't know this take that you have. He thinks Taysom Hill is a Hall of Famer. I do. I think it, it's like similar to whenever you can just be the only person in the sport to have done something. And then, like I said, he is the best player on the Saints this year. And for the last eight years, he's been the most consistent player Has on the Saints. Has he been there eight years now? Yeah. Wow. I think, or something like, like that. 
So he's but, not a Hall of Famer because I was just playing some trivia and it was like, who were the players most recently inducted to Hall of Fame? And, and it, like, we were guessing. And I said out loud, I'm like, what actually is the bar for the Hall of Fame? You know, like, you never really think about what that line is. And there were some, like, Reggie Wayne's on the Hall of Fame. Julius Peppers isn't yet in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't think Taysom Hill is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I get what you're saying from like this unique angle. Yeah, no, I'll settle for a big statue. And the contract he got. The largest statue outside of the the facility (laughs) as possible. I mean, like, it's just crazy, dude. It's crazy that we pay Michael Thomas, Chris Olave. We got Derek Carr making hella money, Jameis Winston, and Taysom Hill is our best player. Yeah, I mean, he did get a nice little little payday, but uh, a lot of people got angry with that. I want him too. to. Play. Okay, if he plays linebacker and has uh, leads the league in interceptions a season, okay, sure, <laughs> Hall yeah, of Famer, sure. I'll he, sign why not that. <laughs> do it? Why not do it? Yo, now that I didn't think about asking for the Hall of Fame, but one of my most passionate takes is I think I think Devin Hester is definitely a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially if we're going to push like yeah, that. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill like, <laughs> nah, I think that is crazy. Like, you got to accept who he was. He was the best returner of all time. Like, how is the best? I think the best kicker of all time should be in the Hall of Fame. I think the best punter of all time, the best long snapper of all time should be in the Hall of Fame. And no offense to like Reggie Wayne, but he's not the best wide receiver of all time. He's not top five, top 10, whatever it may be. So I get why he's not in. I can't understand why Devin Hester's not a Hall of Famer. I've felt so passionate about this for years because I was saying this like when he was still playing. This was before I even created content. I was like, bro, like you said, if you were the GOAT at your position, you're a Hall of Famer, bro. It's also, there's probably like two players in the history of the sport that you specifically designed against. One, Calvin Johnson, like that famous picture where he's being double teamed at the goal line. Was it against the Saints? I think it was against the Saints. Saints. Great defense. Right, right. Like, (laughs) Very smart. That's never been done ever again. And then two, like you wouldn't kick to Devin Hester. And the one, like the whole thing was, we're not going to kick to him to open the Super Bowl. We're not going to kick to him. And then they kicked to him. And his one return to open the Super Bowl, he houses because that's who he was. He was the GOAT. Teams preferred kicking out of bounds and you starting at the 40 (laughs) as opposed to letting this guy return. Like that's wild. That's different. That's so crazy, man. But have you seen Taysom Hill in a goal line package, bro? Like I fucking five at, yards out? I was at the Superdome for the Thursday game against the Jags, and I bet on Taysom to score because he did have a, a slow start to the year. Because I, I don't think. Yeah, no, we what gave happens is they bring respect. In, yeah, That's what they, happens. They bring in the new quarterback. They think, like, okay, we can't mess up the mojo with, with Carr and Hill. And then it's like, all right, Hill's the best player. Just ride him to. I mean, he's so win. good. Like, just think about <laughs> it. You, you know, you would like him on the Ravens. You would love him on the Giants. I mean, like a lot of things on the Giants, bro. So that's not really saying much. He may be the most appealing player to to have in the league. I just let's be real. Yo, Jack, you, you guys' silence kills me. Yeah, you guys can yeah, either yeah. clown me or no, fucking I, I'm, be on my side. I'm with you. Okay, I'm with you. okay. All right, I just you. need to know. I'm with you, George. I don't know where I stand when there's silence. I think Jack is being <laughs> polite. It's the first time you guys met. Next time you guys meet, he's going to be like, yo, bro, that's a crazy take. That I have. mean, no, 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 The Hall of Fame is a crazy take. Hall of Fame is. But Taysom yeah. Hill, is, he's a good player. Yeah, no, nah, he's definitely a good player. And, and he's done well for himself for what yeah. his career was supposed to be to do what he's now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, for those that don't know, Jack, you mentioned it before. He is a Ravens fan. Ravens are one of the best teams in the league, currently the top seed in the AFC. I'm a big defender of Lamar Jackson. 
last year, I had a video that went viral, did really, really well for, for the show where I said, he's the most disrespected quarterback of his generation in the sense of all his peers have gotten paid and he's better and has been more successful than all his peers with the exception of Pat Mahomes, which sorry, like obviously that's the rare breed, right? But he's won more than Justin Herbert. He won more than Kyler Murray. He's won an MVP. He's had a better record than Josh Allen. Like everybody else that got paid prior to him getting paid, he's gotten paid now. Mm. Like he was better than all those guys. And then obviously the Watson contract comes and you're like, what the, how does this guy not get paid? And this guy got paid, right? <laughs> so I'm a big proponent of Lamar Jackson. However, come playoff time, they have some issues. Though I think this year is completely different because now he also has weapons. It's a different Lamar. It's a different Ravens. Yeah. As a Raven fan, Try to be unbiased, which I think you do a good job of like being pretty logical with yeah. your teams. That's another reason why I gravitate to your content and to you. How do you feel about them going into January? I I actually just tweeted about it. I thought the win against the Rams was a really big moment for the Ravens, right? The Ravens over the last few years with Lamar in the Lamar years. I mean, the reason why I'll defend Lamar to the grave is because he's the winningest quarterback to ever play the sport in the regular season. So then you ask about January and the Ravens issues. What are they? They blow like weird leads to weird teams. And I thought Sunday against the Rams, you had the defense just getting destroyed by Matt Stafford, supposed to be the best defense in football. Then defense shuts it down the second half and Lamar leads a major comeback. Then the Rams break through again, game goes into overtime and then special teams wins the game. That's like a win where Normally, if a player like Stafford is balling like that, you don't win that game. Like you just caught a guy on on his best day, his best game, and you lose the game. It happens. And they won that game. So to me, that's more impressive than blowing out the Lions, blowing out Seattle, beating, you know, Cincy twice this year. Playoffs, I don't know if we have enough time for me to go game by game and break down, but like the his first playoff game, that's real. That was bad. Lamar Jackson, his rookie year, he couldn't throw. That was like a thing. Like they ran him into the ground and then the playoffs, it got exposed. The next few times in the playoffs, eight drops against the Titans. Lamar accounts for 500 all like total yards rushing and passing with eight drops. They went to the red zone like nine times, failed, you know, miserably. The Bills game uh, where they like they go and win in Tennessee, which was an impressive win. They go to Buffalo, and if J.K. Dobbins picks up a block, the whole story about Lamar Jackson is is very different. He throws an easy touchdown pass. Um, instead, he throws a pick six, which it, it happens. Like it, it is not, it has not come to fruition. Then the injuries, and that that's where I think people started to pile on. Now you don't have playoff success. Now you miss the end of the season a couple times. So now, like people are are like that. Um, where I'm at on the Ravens, elite defense. And you've got a play caller that Lamar Jackson trusts. I don't think if you're outside of Baltimore, you understood like how bad Greg Roman was. And it was the same playbook every single time with him. Everywhere he went, Buffalo, San Francisco, Baltimore, installs this amazing package. Remember Colin Kaepernick? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then remember like year two and three of Kaepernick? It all falls apart because he can't adjust. He has no pass game. You get Todd Munkin. You finally get any semblance of weapons. Like, we're not talking... Like, people now give Mahomes all these excuses. But there weren't any for Lamar. Lamar Jackson. I mean, outside of Hollywood Brown, 
Willie Sneed, Demarcus Robinson. Deshaun Jackson was playing for the Ravens last year. It was it was borderline insane. So I think that like you you have all the pieces. The AFC is wide open. You can get the one seed. It's the year to beat Mahomes. It's the year that Jacksonville is gonna like Miami. Do you take them seriously? The one threat to me is Buffalo. Like that is the biggest fear to me. It's always been Buffalo. Um, I don't get caught up in like the ebbs and flows of things, right? Like people had Jalen Hurts as the second best quarterback in the NFL going into the year. Then he was for six games. Now he's not, right? I, I don't do it like that. I like to actually look at the full landscape of things. And I think the Ravens have put together a pretty good resume to say they're, they're someone to be messed with uh, coming into, you know, the later months. They should have 11 wins right now. They're they lost have, to the They Colts. should be undefeated. Yeah. They're they lost to the Colts. I brought up, it was week three and yep. Devin Duvernay, uh, with the punt at the end of the game, didn't like run it to the two minute warning. And then they had a 19 second drive yep. and then the Colts go down and win it. So like I took the lions in an exact uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, lions to defeat the Ravens. Okay. It was looking really strong at the beginning of the year. Now the lions have just fucking like looked really but that's, bad. But that's the thing. It's, it's the Ravens have always been a lot for Detroit. And then everyone's like, they're frauds Miami. I mean, if Miami puts away Tennessee on Monday Night football, they're, they're the one seed and people are like, maybe this is actually the year. They blow that game. Now they're frauds, mm -hmm. right? It's like, you can't get too caught up. The team that I actually think is fraudulent based off their entire season is Philly. Like I will keep hammering. They lucked into three or four serious wins. And obviously you got to give credit to teams who pull wins out, right? Mm -hmm. But it became too common a theme. And then when their luck ran out, it's not like they were on the wrong side of the coin. They got blown out by Dallas. They got blown out by by um the 49ers. By the 49ers. And I now they they play the Giants twice. So, you know, and the Cardinals, they'll probably land strong. That's a team I'll be fading in the postseason. Well, and to your point about the Eagles, they got blown out by the really good teams. And like for me, that's a big metric, bro. Yeah. Like, dude, I remember the Ravens. I shot this video when Lamar and the Ravens hosted the Pats on like a Sunday night game, yep. the year he won MVP. Yep. Pats were undefeated. Mm -hmm. They're like eight or nine and oh, George, I think yep. they were. And I remember saying like, yo, you could get Lamar Jackson right now, plus 500 for MVP. And the Ravens were like a minus one point favorite. It was like one of those like fishy lines. Of like One of my biggest bets ever. Yeah. It was a really weird line. And I remember just saying like, yo, if you really think the Ravens are going to win this game, why don't you just bet Lamar to win MVP plus 500 as opposed to the money line? That year, the Pats were like nine and zero, but they they played they no. I, so the Ravens blow them out, and the game actually got close because of like a fumble or something, and then they still blow them out. They then go and play Houston the next week. I take you know alternate alternate spread again against. They weren't that good. It was yeah. like the fake Brady year. Yeah, and that was the last year that he was in New England, and and I was big on the Titans money line in yeah. the playoff game. His last, his I didn't last, see that one coming. Though. His last play as a Patriot was a pick six. Yeah. Iconic. So good. As a Giants fan, <laughs> so I'm good. sure that yeah, was the yeah, cream yeah, of the crop. Yeah. I, don't, I don't dislike Brady and the Patriots, nah. so like we we won when it mattered. So yeah. to me, it's always been like, all right, cool. Yeah. But to troll people, like I know you guys have bloodbaths with them yeah. all the time. Yeah. I mean, we were the one. It was the Ravens. I think the Ravens and the Giants, that's probably like why I enjoy adopting the New York Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, same yeah. thing to me, right? Like Fuck yeah. both the battles against the Patriots, the two teams that they didn't want to see were the freaking Ravens. And it wasn't Peyton Manning. It wasn't anyone else. They just didn't want to see Eli Manning or Joe Flacco. It was crazy to think about. You never would have had that in your mind 
looking at the a- AFC then that, or, or just the landscape of the NFL, that those would be the guys, not Rivers and the Chargers, who, yeah. always Big Ben, right? Yeah. With the Steelers, <laughs> the Triple Bs. It's like, no, that dude out of <laughs> Delaware with the Ravens is who I really got to worry about. Who would that be now? You got me thinking. That's who, a great question. Who would that be? Who, who would, who's like the just the guy you don't want to see in the playoffs? I don't know if there is one. Maybe right it's now. Flacco now with the Browns. Yeah, it's still no, Flacco, it bro. Hold on. Like, it's still Ravens Flacco. fans are it the teams we don't want to play. Yeah, how Bob poetic and Flacco. If Flacco comes to M and T at like they, oh my god, we'll lose that game ten times out of ten. I don't. <laughs> I do not want to see Flacco. I do not. Yeah, uh, that's who a, is the guy right now. I don't know if there is one. I, I think it's because it's it's almost tough. People don't have that leeway anymore. Like Joe was so average for so long, but you knew in January, January Joe. Players don't really have that. If anyone, honestly, it's probably like Stafford where you just wouldn't want to see because great Stafford is yeah. great. Yeah. Stafford could also throw three picks and they're out of the playoffs in a game. Yeah, but, yeah. And two of them being house calls the other exactly. way. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't want to see Stafford if I'm in the, like, go think about the NFC, right? If the Niners get the one seed, who don't they want to see? Obviously, Philly and Dallas are going to be the two favorite ones, but like they would see Minnesota in a second. They would see Jordan Love in a second. But if Matt Stafford sneaks in at eight and nine, same division, they wouldn't want to see Matt Stafford. Especially this like version of the, the Rams too. Yeah. The AFC might be Russell Wilson. <sighs> is it too early? I don't hate is that. It, no, I, I, I think, think that's it probably might be. the closest comp because Sean Payton, so you got the veteran coach, you got the experienced winning quarterback, and you got a good defense. And... You they'll run the ball and they'll shorten the game and they'll they'll funk things up a little bit. So yeah, I like that call. Could be that. Wow, I, like I mean, that. you don't want to I mean, see Josh Allen. That's obvious. Yep. But the like the guy you don't really want to see. Maybe it is the Broncos. Yeah, but but like Eli and Flacco were never of the Josh Allen. No. So I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah, of like no, oh, so kind of kind of mid quarterback. This Gardner like nowadays Russ really is that right. level. Yeah. No. That's I mean, worse. Fair, so much. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment, dude. Maybe Minshew makes a run, like because he, he has the look of like yes. like when you look at Flacco, you're like, oh, he's not you know polished, but yeah. you know he gets a job done. Yeah. Yo, you know who else has impressed me a lot? Jake Browning. Yeah. Dude. Jake Browning, because you know it's easy now they're on this winning streak, right? But Joe Burrow goes down and you're saying to yourself, like, ah, oh, it's done for the Bengals. But if he could just be competent like he's been, like, they still got a lot of talent on that team. I mean, they're considered Super Bowl contender before, right? right. So, And it's not all because of Joe Burrow. I actually was at the game that he got hurt, Ravens, Cincy. And they were never really in the game. But when Browning came in, he was really impressive. And I was like, okay, this guy looks like... Is it because there's no film on him? Is it because they've kind of gone into prevent? But he's continued it and he looks like a solid quarterback. And I love to say that Burrow is a system quarterback. As a Ravens fan, I love to <laughs> throw that dig like, wow, you really wasted $200 million when you could have just had, you know, Jake Browning. You could have kept T. Higgins. You could have kept Jesse Bates. Like, but now, uh, what do you do with Jake Browning? What do you do with Tommy DeVito? I mean, these are questions that are going to be asked. Yo, there's some times when when I watch Joe Flacco come in off the couch and win two games and, you know, look pretty, pretty, yeah. And then like Tommy DeVito, I'm like, bro, 
are we overrating quarterbacks? Like, should we just cycle through them like they're running backs and just make sure everything else around them is yeah. good? And then Brock and then Purdy, yeah. And then there's other times where you watch like an elite quarterback go toe to toe. Like, I really love that Allen versus Hurts matchup. Yeah. Like, Hurts played like shit in the first half. And then the second half, we was like, oh, this is the guy we saw in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But then Allen played probably, I think, outside of that playoff game, that nutty playoff game yeah. with the Chiefs. I think that was his best game. Man. Have you? Do you have futures on? Him to win MVP or just Bills? I took futures during the bye week on them to make the playoffs at okay. plus 355. Them to win the AFC at 30 to 1 and them to win the Super Bowl at 50 to 1. They were 30 to 1? Yeah. Oof. And then everything got cut in half when yeah. they beat the Chiefs. Yeah. And now this week, game of the week, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys, who I think this is a classic. Leave the ISO cam on me. This is a classic. Absolute classic Dallas Cowboys letdown spot. Oh, of course. This has 38-17 Buffalo written all over it. Oh, yeah. The weather's good, too. It's not like it's... A lot uh, of smoke up the, the Cowboys' ass, and this team is different. And look... They're courtside at the Mavs game last night. Yeah, night. the vibes are good. Cowboys you, fans. All right, is this your Giants bias or this is your unbiased take? No, this is my unbiased okay. take, yeah. Because, because I felt, felt that the Dallas Cowboys... Year in, year out, great talent, mm -hmm. great regular season team, have impressive wins. Something happens to them in January. Yeah. And it's been a common theme every time since Dak has been there. Do you think you'll, obviously you got to see how the game plays out. To me, it, that's what the Ravens win over the Rams felt like, was like kind of turning a page on what everyone claims them to be. Do you think if they go in and beat Buffalo, you'll feel that way or you think, you know, Buffalo, maybe they're actually not that good or whatever the case may be. No, I think it's exactly that. If they go in there and handle business with Buffalo or even if they just win that game, right. like, you know, whatever it is, because Buffalo is a tough place to play in. It's a night game. It's going to be a spot where the Bills now, they got to win out, right? Mm -hmm. So for them, they're playing playoff games the rest of the year. And it's just the smoke that gets blown up their backsides and America's team. We get all that. They have a very passionate fan base and they are good. Dak MVP. He's yeah. the MVP now, right? Like yeah. who's playing better than Dak the last 10 weeks. And all these things are accurate. They're true. Yeah. Everything is true, but it just feels like show me that this isn't the same old Dallas Cowboys mm -hmm. go in there, get a win. If you blow out the bills, then I'm like, Oh my God, they might go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what that's going to be like in Vegas? It's going to be in Vegas too. It's going to be nutty. I, but I already have my hotel rooms and one of my buddies is a big Cowboys fan. I've been holding it over him because if the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl, we already know Vegas is going to be insanely priced. Yeah. Super yeah. Bowl week. If the Dallas Cowboys are in it, a hundred thousand bucks. I mean, F one will look like chump change. I'll sell my house. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll rent my house. I'll leave. I'll on, leave. On the yeah, Monday sure. show, for those of you that didn't see the video or didn't listen to that pod yet, this was the Super Bowl matchup. I said, we did like, what would be the craziest storylines? Yeah. If you could fantasy book any Super Bowl matchup, how is it not this one, bro? Dallas Buffalo, yeah. It's a 30 year anniversary of when they played. Yeah. Right. Bills fans have been through hell. Dallas, Dallas too, fans yeah. have been through hell. Bro, the ticket to get into the building will probably be like what you said. Like, 50K right, so, for So let me level. tell you what is insane about this conversation. Last year, Pro Bowl was here. Yeah. And we came up with a content series because we were going to all these games. 
that we uh, where was so we went to Monday Football Cardinals at State Farm. I wrote my prediction. It was like week fourteen of who I thought would be in the Super Bowl. Hit it in the stadium because they're going to do a whole sweep of the stadium, obviously, before the Super Bowl. I found a private bathroom, put in a, a ceiling tile and pulled it out. Got millions of views on TikTok because it was like cool, you know, yeah. it's like a little time capsule. So we're here for Pro Bowl and uh, last year. So I did my 2024 Super Bowl prediction before Lamar to resign, before anything had happened, free agent, before Rodgers, all of this. Hit in the stadium. So we're going to go check on it tomorrow. And I was looking back on who I predicted and I knew I had put Dallas. I like mm. every year I buy into the Dallas hype and I was like, maybe next year will be the year. And I figured I put the Ravens because I always put the Ravens and I put Dallas and Buffalo in the Super Bowl. And so if, if it, I mean, people just love the content in general, if it, if the note's still there, but if I actually got it right a year in advance, Dallas Buffalo would be the most <laughs> insane oh, thing ever. Yeah. I mean, you need to start like selling booking appointments yeah. for like predicting people's future. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, like three years down the line. Yo, <laughs> you and your girl are probably not going to be together. So save yourself the headache now. Let's just have these predictions going down. You got to pay everything. the 10 K up front. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to need that now. <laughs> But dude, how do you feel about this game this weekend, man? Because I, I think it's going to be very telling either way. Yeah. Like, you know, the conversation is going to continue for whoever wins this. And look, one team needs it more than the other. But and that's, I don't agree with that. Like, I'm saying I'm, I'm painting the picture. Like, I think it's an important game for the Cowboys, too. They have yeah. a chance to be the one seed, yeah. bro. Like, this game matters also. I know. I just think the Bills see like in a sliver of opportunity and they're the home field advantage that you get in Buffalo. I've never been. I just yeah. have to, I have to take it for what it's worth. It, it is going to be a place in which Dallas played their most important game of the season last week. And they know that they are going to make the playoffs. They, they're, they're very confident, although they haven't fully locked it in. This is a, this is a Dak Prescott two interception game. I, mm. I would definitely, if I see that prop, I would like to put that in because it's just like a, a moment where the MVP race is going to open, reopen back up. And this is a Buffalo Bills route, just like how they did to the Dolphins earlier in the year. Um, it's a good team. I mean, I told you to take, I texted you $100 for them to win the AFC. I don't know if you actually <laughs> ended up doing that. Did you do that? I, I told you I had a hundred dollar bill above my desk if you wanted to. And I said, I got you too. And I didn't. Who keeps a hundred dollar bill above their desk, bro? Like, I'm going to make up for it. I promise. <laughs> I'm gonna make 30 up for to it. one is Christ what you're going to make up Christmas for. Is, Christmas is coming. I'll make up for it. I'll make up for it. <laughs> that was a terrible, uh, for someone that's a grade A D-gen, <laughs> that was uh, unacceptable. You're a bad, bad bookie, dude. I, how can I rely on, on you as a bookie? Like, this is... Bro, we live in Vegas. Yeah, you could have easily you just done it yourself. Too. I was in California. I told you. Yeah, that's true. That's in, true. No, nah, no. Nah, I got... Fuck California for not having sports books. It'd be nice. And, and come on. A whole nother market that could open up for us. There. A rich market. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. It'd be great. What's, I want to yeah. I want to mention one thing real quick. And Jack's not going to like this because he's a Ravens fan. But, dude, I think the path for a team like my hot take, I think a, this is going to be the first year that we're going to see a wild card team in the Super Bowl. Like since when? 
The Giants? I feel like wild card. I mean, the Giants and Ravens would always go for the wild right, card. Right, right. But I'm saying like recently, it's been like- Yeah, it's been the favorites. Know, the, Top it's, it's, it's been Patrick Mahomes or yeah, Tom Brady. It's, it's, yeah. been, it's been one of the dumbest takes where it's yeah. like, what's the team in, in December and January yeah. that's hot? It's like, bro, it's been the one seed. Like last year was the one seed. Yeah. Right? The year before, it was uh, the Bengals went into it. But yeah. then the Rams were like, they were both four seeds, I think yeah. it was. That's yeah. what it was. But I think this year we're going to get wild card teams in the Super Bowl. Not both, but yeah. I think one of them. And- I'm hoping a little bias also. Shout out to Buffalo State. I was a Bengal <laughs> baby, the 716. I hope it's the Bills. But I think, look, you're looking at the teams that they got to catch, right? The Browns, they're playing well now with Flacco. We were praising them before. Be yeah, they're I think be they're going to be in because they also have a game up and their schedule is not. Am I crazy for saying, like, I don't think the Bills have any chance of missing the playoffs? Is that crazy? That's got to be crazy. I mean, they're plus 120 to make the playoffs and they play Dallas and Miami. But both those games, well, I guess one's in Miami, but I don't know. Like Houston, Stroud's not going to play this weekend. I guess the Broncos, I haven't watched much of Denver recently. Apparently they're playing good ball, but yeah. do you tr- like they could also play Las Vegas and easily lose that game? Right, you know, right, like right, if yeah. Buffalo, when Buffalo plays their two cakewalk games against New England or whoever it and is, the Chargers now without they're going to win those yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. Then they're a coin flip for the other two. So I think they win three out of the next four. The problem is they don't have a single tie break. None. So they need to get in, in. But I think they're going to get there. Like, I don't see Pittsburgh winning more than one more game this year. I don't see, like, Houston really being in the picture. So I think they're going to get in. And that's going to be terrifying for the two seed. And that's going to be terrifying for the one seed. And... Yeah, that that's my biggest fear for the Ravens. And bro, that got to be so devastating. You're a team like, <laughs> like you know, you're the two seed, right? You're like, oh shit, we're good. We're gonna play the seven seed, yeah. and then the seven seed is the Buffalo Bills. That was a <laughs> Super Bowl contender coming into the year, and I they got these guys. they got a grade A quarterback. Yeah, right? like they got. Let me ask you this take because I have a feeling I know your answer just because you're a little biased with the <laughs> with the Ravens. But I was talking about if you knew for a fact right now, if I told you, Jack. This Sunday, this quarterback is gonna have his absolute A plus game. Yeah. Who's your number one pick? Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I I there I tier the quarterback. So I have three I have three tiers. One tier is the Patrick Mahomes tier, who I think has benefited greatly from Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid and starting his career with Pat, uh with Tyreek and now Travis Kelsey. So like I don't think it's we see what he's like without him, but I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes right now. So that's that tier. Then I have a tier uh, where it's guys who are great outside of a system, meaning when things go to shit, they're still going to be good. They're not going to be as good when things are going great, but they're going to be great. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like I don't even put the Dak Prescott's of the world in that. And then there's a tier. And within that tier, it's when things are going well, these guys are really good. When things are going bad, they're not as good. Brock Kirk Purdy. Cousins is like Brock Purdy, yeah. Dak Prescott, like guys Russell who cut Trevor Lawrence. We've seen it. Like T Law with Urban Meyer, he he was like almost bad. Yeah. With you know Doug, he's better, right? And then there's the guys who suck. Like it doesn't matter. You know maybe they'll play a good game or or whatever. So Mahomes is still that guy. After that. I think it's Josh or Lamar for me. I think people don't realize like some of the great Lamar performances of all time are like all time, like Indy Monday Night Football, 35 of 38, 400 passing yards, four touchdowns. 
played in LA at the uh, Coliseum, five touchdowns in prime time. Like he's throttled some people. Uh, and then Josh Allen can beat you in both ways. Like I think the Chiefs game is probably that's the example, mm. and they lost it. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. You right, know right, that, right. that's the thing, and that's why that game was so iconic, bro. Because both guys had their eight eight plus exactly. game, and yeah. it was just one of those where whoever had it last, yeah. or in overtime, whoever got the ball <laughs> yeah, first, right? Yeah. So, yeah. who do you got in that game? Bills Cowboys. Right, I told you it's going to be a Bills route. Okay. Like I I don't think this game is close. Um, it's, it's not one that I'm like even having to struggle to think about. Um, for me, there was, oh shit, there was another game this week that- Hold on, let me, who do uh, you yeah. got? I would take the points because I really think these two teams are dead even. And if it got up to three, I'd be on Dallas, but I don't think it's going to get there. Open one and a half. Mm-hmm. And then not surprised. I thought it would land three and it's already at two and a half. I don't think it'll touch three. I think what will happen, it'll get to three. Sharps will hammer Dallas. Yeah. Like, cause that's, that's the breaking point. I right. think you lay less than a field goal at home. Buffalo is a good team, but if you get Dallas with a field goal, it's too many points. So uh, I, I genuinely think it's a coin flip. I wouldn't bet it because I don't think there's an edge there. That that's probably an interesting conversation. You know, as we talk sports betting, Betting into an NFL market, like everyone loves to bet the NFL. It's, it's the, the hardest. It's, it's impossible. Yeah, it's the it, most yeah, efficient yeah. market in the world. So, meanwhile, you, you didn't bet. If you're betting Buffalo, you should have bet a minus one and a half before it moved, right? And if you're betting Dallas, you need to wait. So, I, w- I just wouldn't bet it. It's the right line, in my opinion. And I think if you're going to be like, hey, I had an edge on this game, you're lying. You're lying to me or you're lying to yourself. You don't have an edge. Like you might think they're going to blow them out, but if Dallas won the yeah. game, you'd be like, oh, okay. That yeah, makes sense. Yeah. No, if, if it's one of those games and I, I can kind of segue into if you live bet or not, but yeah. it's like a, the first drive will tell you a lot about how this game is going to, to play. And you can find a good line too. If the Cowboys right. get a touchdown on their first drive and or you're vice like, versa. And you're confident if you're not, books. if you're like, oh, Buffalo is going to go down and score, but that's okay. Cause I think it's a long game. Mm-hmm. I've I've made this point during the Super Bowl when it comes to betting props, and it kind of applies to betting on games too. If you want to bet a prop during the Super Bowl with that coming up, and it's like a favorite, bet it early. Yeah. Dogs bet them late. Yeah. Right. It's like the same thing. Like we have a segment on the show with, with my friend Kenny, Kenny bets big that we do every week. We call it Monday Winners. It's like, yo, you could bet on Sunday, but bet it Monday. Like yeah. you're getting a line now. They might open it up. Like you said, minus one and a half, bet that then. Cause who knows? Maybe just saying hypothetical. What if, what if now Buffalo's minus three and a half an hour before kickoff, right. Right, you just lost two points, yeah. which is massive. Now, massive. you know what I'm saying? So then everything you heard on the, the Monday and Thursday show goes out the window because the line is yeah. three and a half. So sometimes betting favorites, uh, betting props on like popular props, right? Like sure. the best, the best example was, Travis Kelsey last year. I think his receptions opened up at like five and a half. Mm-hmm. And then on game day, it got up to seven, seven and a half yeah. and he landed on seven. Yeah. So it was like everyone that bet it right after the the Bengals game and they put up the props, they hit. Made out. The people that waited until Sunday of the you're Super just Bowl. just waiting until the market got efficient. Yeah. Like that's all you're doing. Yeah. So sometimes you got to don't, don't panic. Like, dude, that's really what changed for me with betting. I used to bet or like when I would play daily fantasy, yeah. 
I throw 20 bucks on one of the apps and I put a lineup together at 1245 Eastern time. Right. I never won. <laughs> then when I started building my lineups out from Tuesday mm -hmm. and Wednesday, making my final changes Friday, started winning a little yeah. bit. I'm like, oh, this is why they always say to bet it when, yeah. when you should be, yeah. as opposed to waiting towards the end. Um, how, do you, how do you guys feel about the late activations recently? I feel like this has happened and maybe this has happened for, for years before yeah. this, but it just seems like all these injury reports lead to a line being a certain way. And then you get the tweet like two hours before the game that, you know, the starting quarterback yeah. is actually playing. There, there has been, I would say NBA, it's impossible. Oh, bro. Yeah. There's NBA, not a sport that's it's the worst. worst of yeah, that's the worst. All. That's why I don't, I it's, rarely bet into the NBA because unless you're sitting at your computer, like on the East Coast, lock was seven o'clock. Yeah. It's like, unless you don't want to eat dinner, you can't play. Uh, NFL. Love, and, and, and to piggyback off that, bro, I love betting playoff basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there, you know, LeBron's going to play 40 minutes. Exactly. There's no limits yeah, restriction. Nah, the blowouts. All yeah, that stuff. it's yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, NFL, historically, like, the, it's baked into the line. This year, though, like you said, and it might be even recency bias the last two weeks, like, there were, for the first time ever, it felt like, like true game time decisions. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. when there's players questionable, you pretty much know if they're playing or not. And then like with Geno Smith, it was like, they were going to decide yes. an hour before the game. So in that case, you, that's where you can get an edge though. You read up on beat reporters and practice reports. Like if guys are going or not, it's very rare. If you don't practice on Thursday, you're probably not playing in the game unless it's a playoff game. And you know, I think that's like Jonathan Taylor didn't practice today. Right. I need him for my fantasy playoff. So if you don't practice tomorrow, even if they say it depends, he's out, right? So, yeah, I think you just get to know some of that stuff. But this year, it's been a little weird. Yeah, no, that, that Geno Smith one was definitely one that I brought up. I was like, man, I can't really think of it. Like, because yeah. that swings a line a lot. Yeah, quarterback for sure. Yeah. Dude, we got burned by the Deshaun Watson news when they played the Ravens. Yeah. We had locked in, we had to lock in our picks for Circa because we took the Thursday night game. Which, by the way, Thursday Night Football this year, like one and nine. <laughs> can't, can't be like... And dude, usually Thursday Night Football, one of my edges has always been better quarterback, better head coach. Mm -hmm. To me, I would just, in my mind, like that's a three-point edge. Yeah. And I would always just short gravitate week. to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. short week, yeah. right? They have a quicker game plan they got to put together, especially if they're at home too. Oh, great spot. Yeah. Not this year. I don't know what happened. Yeah, like we were in Pittsburgh last week. Right. That's the perfect spot. Yeah. Off a loss at home, Mitch Trubisky starting, but like Bailey Zappi's starting. Exactly. And they just got dusted. Did not, did not work out. Yeah. So we had to lock in the picks. And then before you know it, didn't even, he wasn't even on the injury report on yeah. Wednesday. And then Friday, they're like, oh yeah, he's not playing. We're like, when, when did this come from? <laughs> right. And then B. John Robinson a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. That was a huge scandal. And that one, were, I feel like it was disciplinary, but they said it was just a headache. But then they gave him a carry late in the game, which activated all his props. And that, yeah, that, that one felt weird. It I'm makes it lie. sketchy, bro, yeah, for the, the people that think this stuff is rigged yeah. and that, you know, Vegas made the call. It's something some, when they present a case like that, it's hard to argue well, against let's it. Let's talk about Vegas making the call. That's what people said when Justin Herbert left the game on Sunday against my bet. So for those who don't know, I, do you guys play round robins ever? I... I've, only baseball or okay. when I'm putting in a shit ton of yeah. like picks. Yeah. yeah. Does your audience know? Like, yeah, they're familiar okay. with the round Robins. I personally, I'll do that. I've done it more this year than ever before. Yeah. 
because I do this thing for UFC called the subathon. I'll pick right. three to four fighters to win by submission, and it's all the of them perfect are perfect way to play. It. And and I'd say that give or take, it's like plus five hundred, yeah. plus three hundred for a submission prop. And dude, you hit two out of the three, you can get plus five hundred, plus three hundred. I'll round robin those. Yeah, and then I'll parlay everything. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a subathon parlay. But in the past, I never really did them. Yeah. I'm uh, going to need your UFC picks later in the show, my first UFC event. But I get home from, uh, I was out Sunday morning, get home at like 12.50, get on my FanDuel app in Maryland, and I'm clicking through, just pick like five or six random props. And like you said, it's when it's a plus odds. Like don't round robin minus 110 stuff. That doesn't really make a ton of sense. But around Robin, you're essentially betting everything in mini parlays altogether. And so the first one was Isaiah Likely first touchdown plus 1500. And that's why you don't parlay it because it's not going to hit, but he scores first. And so I'm like, all right, that's kind of exciting. But in these round Robins, you still need three of six or four of six to really get, get interesting. And then the game start going on like Bryce Young over 10 and a half yards. He's got 40 in the first half. So I'm like, all right, I'm feeling good. Flacco's got 180 at halftime and I had him to throw for 250 at plus 250. Felt good about that. So then like three get three get through. And then I forget what the fourth one was, but I went four for four in the one o'clock slate. So I'd already locked in like probably it was a $400 bet uh, in total. So Forty ten dollar bets, yeah. And uh, the two ones in the afternoon were Herbert to throw for three hundred yards plus two fifty, and Mahomes to throw a pick. That one was even odds. And, oh, I had the Jets money line against Houston. They won by three scores. It was like the weirdest sweat free crazy bet of my life. Literally first possession, Mahomes throws a pick, and I'm like, holy shit, this just got real. Like, not only did I just lock in twenty thousand dollars. But if Herbert throws for 300 yards, like I'm going to win $100,000. And he had 30 yards in the first quarter, but I was rooting for that because he threw a bad pick. They were down seven, nothing. And like, as much as people want to hate on Justin Herbert, I'm fine with it. The one thing he does, he picks up garbage yards. Like he, he just accrues yards in garbage time, empty calories. And when you bet on someone to have empty calories, I'm all for it. And so we got up to like 90 yards and the Broncos punted with two minutes left. So he was going to get the two-minute drill. And everyone knows that's where you like get a lot of yards. They go into prevent, let you pick up 40, 50 yards. And he got hurt. And I was like devastated only because I just wanted that sweat. And so people, you know, I tweeted out the slip beforehand. People are like, you better be hedging. Because Mahomes had literally already thrown an interception. And so I was trying to explain to people, like, it was around Robin, so there was no cash out. Mm-hmm. And the cash out probably would have been like 40 grand, um, which I, because it was around Robin and I had locked in 20 grand, I was just going to let it ride. Like that was, that's, yeah. the, you know, the degenerate in me. Cause, cause you've locked in 20. Like there's people who yeah. will have that bet, right? I could have put 50 bucks on that whole parlay to win a hundred grand and been left with nothing there. I'm like, yeah, you should cash out. Because that that's real. I mean, that's insane money. But I had locked in that floor. And so I would have let it ride. But people were like, you got to hedge. And I tried explaining to those people. Number one, the game was live. Mm. Number two, it was an alternate prop, right? So Justin Herbert, 300 yards. He had 30 yards in the quarter. It would have been like minus 500, right? For him not to throw for, for that. 
So then you got to figure out, okay, I want to lock in 20 grand. So I'm going to go put $80,000 in my betting account. Where am I getting that money from? And then what happens if he does throw for 300 yards? Right. And so I'm, I may, I only made a couple bucks and there's no sports book in the world. Who's letting you get down 80 grand on an in-game Justin Herbert prop. There's just not. Like, unless you're a VIP better and you know the guys at DraftKings or MGM, whoever it might be. Um, so, yeah, I was bummed to not get the sweat and people were making the joke like Vegas made the call. And uh, I, I don't know how I felt about it because Easton Stick threw for 170 yards in the second half. And I was like, if Easton Stick threw for 170, I feel like Herbert was, he was going to get there. 250. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. Fuck, that's tough. Yeah. Well, but at least not. Like, yeah, yeah, you still made your 20K. Still made a crazy amount of money. But it was recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was on Sunday. Yeah. That's wow. why uh, I can afford to be in Vegas this week. Yeah. Have fun at the, the blackjack table. <laughs> Found still blue. on the $25 limits. Are, uh, you, uh, <laughs> are you you indulge in like table games? You into yeah. Table? yeah, yeah. What games do you like playing? So after Pittsburgh, there's a they have a really cool setup. Uh, there's not much around the stadium besides the casino. So after the game, thousands of people just filter into the casino. It's a good vibe. It's like people dressed in suits or like Pittsburgh Steelers jerseys. And so I hate blackjack. Blackjack to me, it's the highest EV game, even though it's still negative EV, but you're just robotic. Like there's never a decision to be made. Two against two, maybe. Like you can decide, do you want to hit or let the dealer play it? Um, I find a lot of the time because of the games I'm playing in, I'm not in the high rollers that like in Pittsburgh, I'm sitting, you know, two seats from the right guy sits down at the end. I go, do you know how to play? Uh, my biggest fear is the guy who fucks it up at the end of the table. Right. And he goes, yeah. So I'm like, all right, breathe, Jack. Like you're good. <laughs> First hand, he's got 15 against the dealers, you know, King and he stays. And I'm like, I'm not playing. Like, I'm not playing. Like, I can't, that's not fun to me because, but that's what blackjack is in general. There's automate, you're essentially playing automated against the house. So I like playing craps, which I know is a lower game. Same with the roulette, but it's more fun for me. The way I look at casino or table games, that is for the fun of the bet versus sports betting. Same thing. I'm really just in it to have a good time. Not to like make, you know, any serious bets or anything like that, but at least that's not robotic. Like I'm making decisions based on what I think is going to happen. Right. right. So I feel like, you know, that's what we tell ourselves. We're smarter than the next. Yeah. 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 Well, I love that you mentioned craps because I tell everybody that's probably the funnest game you could play yeah. at a casino, especially when you go with a group you of get friends. A group, you get Dude, a when high I, roll. When I would when I would come out here with my friends, we'd be like 15, 20 deep, right? So we would go to the tables yeah. around like this time or maybe even earlier, like yeah. right after breakfast, we'd be like, hey, look, there's like 20 of us. Could we like maybe close down the table from like seven to eight? And yeah. they'd be like, yeah, you got to guarantee like a certain minimum, yeah. which it'd be like three, four K, but you know, there's 20 of us. So what yeah, is it? Like you can get 300? Yeah, yeah, like it's perfect. And like, bro, like you said, someone gets on a hot roll. You're like, yo, George is the man. Yeah. Jack comes in, craps out. You're like, oh, fucking Jack. Man. I knew <laughs> yeah. I should have pulled out. You know, yeah. like that's the coolest game to play, man. Yeah. Roulette. I have one rule with roulette, one spin and go. Yeah. That's my thing. I can't do it. I, don't I can't stay. That. I don't hate I that. I go. I do. I'll I'll come in with the crowd. So if you're like, yo, I got 500 on red. Yeah. Yo, I'm in on red also. I won't be like, oh, I'm going to do black now. Right. Like, no, yeah, I'm not going to be yeah. that guy. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. But I always bet number 10. It's my favorite okay. number. I always bet number 10. Yeah. So I'm 23. 
And then uh, that's my birthday, but also the greats, MJ, LeBron, you know, all the greats, 423. And then we went to a casino in Atlantic City and we're playing. And this guy, I mean, this is like your classic trust fund kid, daddy's money. And he's got, we can't even tell what number he's on because he's got so many black chips stacked on the number, on the corners of the number, split on the number. It was like he was building a fortress around this number. And so we pulled up and we're like, I mean, we'll play our own numbers, but like we're fucking riding with yeah, this guy. You, got you, you never to, want to be that guy when, when nah, they got like no. 10K on a number. Yeah. You're like, I got to throw some on that too. Right. Like, yeah. I you just feel bad. It's FOMO. You feel, yo, it's, you feel, FOMO. It's, it's extreme FOMO. It's, FOMO. it's, it's FOMO. So, and it's also like, I don't want you to have a thousand dollars on a number. Yeah. And then I have my $5 chips on a different number. And then I hit mine and I'm like, all right, I won my, what would that be? Right. Like, the seven, uh, 140 yeah. bucks. Yeah. And you just lost a thousand. It's like, that's how I think of it, bro. So, like, I so we pull on up it. on this guy and he did lose two or three rolls on this number. And then on the, whatever it was, the fourth roll, he hits the, you know, the number, the, the number eight. And which then became my secondary number, Lamar Jackson wears eight. So it kind of became, you know, the alternate to red 23, black eight. And you would have thought like we literally stopped everyone in the casino because the roar at that table. I mean, he must have won hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we each won like, you know, a couple thousand bucks because we were we were all on the number. And literally we were hugging the guy. He's kissing like we'd never met him in our life. I and mean, I look around the casino and everyone's just like, what just happened over there? Escorted to the thing. It was it was an amazing moment. And that's what that's what table games are to me. You can have those runs in blackjack every once in a while. You get like same thing. Your boys at the table, the dealers bust in, everyone's going crazy. But roulette, you hit a number, craps, you have a crazy roll. Those are the most fun to me. Agreed. And bro, when you're on like But you got do you guys play in Vegas? Nah, it's, dude, I haven't played. I, I think the two times I've played any table games, I had people come and visit. Yeah. My buddy Danny came for the Steeler game. We hit the tables a little bit before mm -hmm. dinner. And then outside of that, my parents came for Christmas last year. And my dad loves the standing roulette yeah. for some reason. I, I, I've heard it's the worst game to play. <laughs> it's worse than the actual real roulette. <laughs> my dad loves it, though. Shout out to my pops. Standing roulette. And, you know, it's like the... The Wheel of Fortune looking oh, one. Oh, it's like yeah, the one yeah. where the, yeah, the, yeah. the dealer like cranks it down and gotcha, it goes gotcha, spinning. Gotcha. But dude, besides, bro, I wouldn't be able to survive. Dude. Yeah. Like truthfully, man, I'm, I moved out here when I was 31. Jack, I don't think I'd be as self-aware if I was 21. Yeah. I don't know if yeah, I'd be having yeah, the same combo. Yeah. It's different, bro. Like I grew up and I also like playing poker. Yeah. Like I was a poker kid. I was on the online scene mm -hmm. a while back. Like I hit that like three, four year stretch where I was going to Mohegan Sun. I go to Atlantic City. Like every other weekend I was doing that. But out here, bro, I haven't played poker not once. I just, I'm really busy with everything yeah. I'm doing. And also like, bro, I'm in the casino six days a week. I, I'd be on the Las Vegas Boulevard with a red cup. <laughs> I change. change if I did. Was yeah, doing I think this that's shit. what the locals realize, which is you come here for a weekend and like, I could win this weekend. I could win a lot. But if I came back 14 consecutive weekends, I'm a lose. Yeah. Or this building wouldn't be here most exactly. likely. So they, they don't yeah, it's like a it's a race to the end. Yeah. It's a race to E. Locals got, look at this like you're going to war. Yeah. Like like the the good gamblers, it's like every time you step into a casino, it's oh, like yeah. game day. 
Business. Like you have yeah. to, you have to look at it like that, or else you know that's like you said how they fund these places. Yeah, the studio is too nice to be, uh, you know, from people winning at the craps table. Exactly, they're <laughs> not doing Nick's all amazing show, right? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what brought you to Vegas, man, besides the Thursday night game? Yeah, so hitting our first UFC event. So this uh, hat I've got on, Slate. Have you guys, you're in the fitness industry. Have you heard of Slate Milk? I have not, no. So Slate, they're a, they started as just like a healthy chocolate milk, right? Everyone knows you work out chocolate milk. I think they cut down the sugars, fats, et cetera. Um, and so their growth over the last few years has honestly been explosive to the point where they're a sponsor of UFC, um, so they hooked us up. We're getting to go to like a press conference. We're getting to go to the PI out here. And then I've never been for as big of a sports fan and everyone telling me to go, I've never made it out to a UFC event. And I've heard that, uh, Saturday night's a decent one to get my, my fix on. Bro. Welcome to the club. <laughs> I think it's the best in-person sporting event of all the sports. All right. So. Give me, yeah, explain to me why, describe why, because I've been Super Bowl, NBA final, like I've been very lucky. I've seen the World Series and I am obsessed with like a great environment, great energy and WWE, which I'm not a fan of. I went to at MSG, the obsession. Yeah. You could almost yes. feel like, I didn't like it just because I didn't know the characters. Right, it, right, right. It's not real. I don't know if people know that, but uh, like, <laughs> what is it about that UFC event that you think makes it the best live event? It's the best live event because the pacing of it is also perfect. Example, us two go to the event on Saturday. We're mm -hmm. sitting together. We watch the one fight. We finish our beers. Yo, Jack, it's your turn to go get the beer. You're not going to be like, fuck, man, I'm going to miss something. You yeah. know, you have a 20 minute window. You go take your piss. You go on your smoke break. You go get the concessions. You could do all that. Yeah. You go see your friend in the other section. You're good, right? That's number one. Number two, it's fighting, bro. Yeah. Right? Like, it's the only thing where in every other sport, there's no, like, the animalism of it. People get pulled off one another. Yeah. Like, Draymond Green slapped the shit out of Nurkic yesterday. <laughs> yeah. That was crazy. That looked like a right hook that was coming in. But it's uh, it's the aura of it. When Bruce Buffer grabs the mic, and oh he's like, God. we Oh, lot when he does that yeah. you're gonna get chills the promo package that they play when they dim all the lights down and i think it's the carnage of fighting bro you're seeing two guys or two girls go in there to beat the shit out of each other for <laughs> your enjoyment yeah and there's nothing like it and especially when you go to a card in vegas and a car like the one you're going to yeah. card of the year top to bottom like it is stacked a lot of crazy storylines. And I would say it's like going to International Fight Week in July is like their Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. They have their Hall of Fame. It's a whole thing, right? This would be like going to the AFC Championship game and it's your favorite team playing in it. And this is your first football game ever. Like that's how like high the standard yeah. is. You know what I mean? Like it's the fight capital of the world and the card is sick. There's a lot of fan favorites. There's a lot of guys that are highly questionable fan favorites too. When's the subathon coming out? Subathon comes out every Friday. Okay. I'm gonna need to dial in. Yeah. And and dude, there's uh like the main event, Covington and Leon Edwards. Yeah. So backstory, Leon Edwards for the longest time was not a fighter. So like there's a term in the fight game where they call someone the boogeyman. It's like the guy that people don't want to face, right? With Leon, it was different. He could he just couldn't get fights booked, right? Because he was over in England too. So like there were visa issues. Mm. And then 
COVID happened and he was always just like number four in the rankings. And then guys wouldn't want to fight him. He wouldn't want to fight down because there's a thing like a hierarchy in the UFC where if George is the champ in our weight class and you're the number three fighter and I'm number nine, you have way more to lose. Yeah. I have way more to gain. So you'd be like, I'm only fighting George or I'm going to fight Mike, who's the number one contender. Like I'm not fighting back is a term you hear. Yeah. So Leon was on this like crazy winning streak, but like he's not cool. And what I mean by that is in the end of the day, it's a business, right? And it's entertaining. That's why Conor McGregor sells. Mm -hmm. That's why his opponent, Colby Covington sells. Sean Strickland, Sugar Sean O'Malley. These guys, like they're polarizing, but they're captivating too. Right. So you got to get on there. And that's why there's a lot of parallels between WWE and UFC. Cause it's like the promo work, right. the mic work, right? Like Colby Covington went into Brazil and just shitted on the whole country, like in the favelas. And you're like, Hey man, that's a little that's crazy. Like, don't be doing that. But then that became his character and his gimmick. Right. Yeah. And with Leon, like technically he's, he's like the perfect fighter. He's striking. He has a solid ground game. Cardio machine too. And then Colby on the flip side, like the MMA purist, bro. And I'm a, I'm a fan of chaos. Yeah. And it's funny that his nickname is Colby Chaos Covington. If Colby Covington wins on Saturday, and that's who I think is going to win this mm -hmm. fight, people are going to go ape shit. Why? Number one, he's, uh, I use the word polarizing a lot, but like, he's like super MAGA. No, and like no, no. super. Before we came in here, he literally <clears throat> said like, LeBron James, you're a spineless coward. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, dude, he gets at everybody, yeah. right? And like, yeah. he's he's like, he dives into the MAGA Trump character, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, it's very split, as you've seen on social media, if of you just course. have a social media. Yeah. And also, like, a MMA standpoint, he's two and two in his last four fights. He hasn't fought since March of 2022. Whoa. And his last two wins are against two guys that are no longer in the UFC. And we're like, on the down bad of their career. Yeah. Like Woodley was on a crazy losing streak and then Jorge Mazadal he yep. beats. And it's like, he just hasn't fought and he's just waited for this title shot. So there's like some conspiracy that, oh, he's Dana's boy. He's just going to get spoon fed this title shot. So if he wins, all the like MMA purists are like, oh, it's got to be by the rankings. Yeah. They're going to lose their mind. Yeah. I do. I So Austin uh, filled me in on the whole like MAGA thing. So I was like, oh, where's Trump going to be tomorrow? Or like, where's Trump going to be? And he's mm -hmm. going to be in New Hampshire. But I mapped it out. He's in Reno on Sunday. Oh, so which yeah. means, yeah, he's doing his little New Hampshire thing, getting on a flight. That's what you need to get on camera. Because that Trump walkout with Dana is going to, it'll be the loudest the arena gets all night. Really? You'll see. I, I, without a doubt, I know that. The crew. Is Dana Kid Rock will randomly be there? You're like, what the fuck is Kid Rock doing? <laughs> like, wait, where was Kid Rock all this time? He's just in the crew, but... What dude, are the odds for that fight? It's... Uh, plus 130 right now, Colby. Oh, okay. So Colby on UFC's plus, website. Yeah, yeah, Colby plus 130. Leon was like minus 150. Yep. I think that's fair. You know, there's a there's a thing in the fight game too where like when someone becomes, becomes a champion, they get like 25 to 30% better because yeah. you're confident, right? Like you feel like you're the man because you are. And... It's weird, like with Covington, man, he, it's uh, styles make fights, right? Covington, <clears throat> he's a wrestler. He walks you down. Like he's known for his cardio also. But then Leon is really slick with the striking. Like he has the head kick against Usman, which okay. even if you're not a UFC fan, yeah, like you've seen no, it that. it was viral. You know, it was yeah. viral. It was the last minute of the fight where he was getting 
dude, they flashed the live odds. It yeah. was minus 1800 was Usman before yeah. that round. And then he wins on a legit Hail Mary. Like that's the Hail Mary yeah, of yeah. the UFC. And then the rest of the card, like you have a co-main that got a title fight, which that fight. Who's that fight? Pantoja versus Roy Bao. Okay. Plus 180. <clears throat> fight ends by submission. Okay. No, you're not even picking a winner. No. You don't care. Fight ends by submission. Two guys that they're some of my favorite guys to bet on because they either get finished or, or, or get finishes. Yeah. And it's like, those are the best because, you know, <clears throat> you don't got to worry about decisions. And in the off chance you do, it's like a you know 30% chance that it goes the distance. Fine. But for the most part, it's like, that's my favorite bet on the card. Okay. That's my favorite bet is to go to the, the distance. It's the sweat. Dude, it's the, the ultimate sweat. Oh, I if fucking you're love it. Like you want to sweat. I love it. Worst, worst bets to make. Just fight goes the, all fight fight goes goes the distance. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, you're not rooting for any like action. Yeah. But then dude. It's when like you, betting the under. Yeah, it's like yeah, betting yeah. the under. Except, Although you need the long intense, bro. I mean, this dude's getting pounded yeah. out. You're like, hold on, motherfucker. Also, hold yeah, on. also, I would say though, I've seen some fights where it's like, are they not going to call this fight because a guy's just getting mauled? And then he like comes back to life and makes it. That's probably like an electric. Oh, the sweat. Your heart attack. You come back. Oh, yeah. oh dude. Yeah. <laughs> or or the, the, the flip side is when you have like a guy to win by a finish. He has him up against the cage and you're like, oh my God, here it comes. And yeah. then like they weather the storm. You're like, oh man, you just know, right? It's like yeah. momentum in any sport. Yeah. Just completely flips. Yeah. But dude, I'm excited to hear about, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely text you about it, man. I want to hear like what, what you thought about the event, dude. Cause I, I, I mean, I anticipated being awesome. It's, so it's going to be wait. sick, man. Like I feel like Dana White owes me money because <laughs> I tell everybody like, bro, you got to go in person yeah. to watch a card. Cause if you are even remotely interested which you are, cause yeah, or else yeah. you wouldn't be going, bro. You're hooked now. It's just, it's just crazy. And like I said before, just imagine you're going to a conference championship game for your first ever football game, yeah. and it just so happens to be your favorite team in it. Yeah. Like that's what it's gonna feel like, and it's just wait. fucking out of control, man. The way it builds up too. That's another fun thing to watch. Like first fight. I don't know how early you're gonna yeah. get there. No, we'll probably get there early. Oh, dude, there's nothing better than like families, friends, than like you know, the early crowd. And then by the end of the night, you're just like, damn, where the, f where, how did all these people get here? It's, it's dope. That is a cool aspect. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be at some point, like I'd say during the prelims, maybe like two cards before the pay-per-view, you'll look around and you'll tell your buddies like, yo, is this thing going to sell out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of empty seats. And then when they dim the lights and they play the four minute promo package, yeah. which is fucking insane, they're going to, pull the lights up and you'd be like, holy shit, there's, <laughs> the, the, they're hanging from, from the rafters. <laughs> like Jim Ross would say, in the Attitude Era, to use a wrestling reference. So it's going to be dope, man. It's going to be dope. And the other thing that's dope is Jack Settleman's social media, his podcast, everything he's doing. I appreciate you coming on, man. Of course. And, Thank uh, you, you guys you for gave us, me. You gave us like an hour and a half and, and it was, you know, I didn't even tell you how long we were going to go, but we're just <laughs> vibing. We could have kept going. Um, there's so much more shit. I would love to do this again next time you're yeah. in town too, man. And I'll be and, back uh, for Super Bowl. <laughs> um, but for the Cowboys uh, versus the Bills, I guess. Oh, it's going to be Lions, bro. It's going to be Lions. I'll yeah. say it for you. Lions, Ravens. Lions, Ravens. It's happening. It's funny. Like, I... All right. How about this? Let's leave on this note. You guys give me two pieces of advice. I have two bets pending right now. One on Texas to win the national championship. I went to UT. And I got him at 18 to 1. Can I cut you off real quick? Yeah. The reason why we're number 10? 
Vince Young. Vince Young, VY. That's the reason I went to University of Texas. Fell in love with the school, watched Colt McCoy. Uh, and this is why sports, like, I love him because it literally dictated my life, you know, through a weird path. But he's ironically the reason I ended up there. He's the reason why you love that number. Crazy, bro. Which is nuts. So I have them 18 to 1. They're plus 230. They're minus one something against Washington. What would you do? And then I have um, uh, the Ravens at 30 to 1. I got them before we re-signed Lamar uh, down to 6 to 1. But in a, in a hypothetical, Ravens make it to the Super Bowl. Would you hedge? It's your favorite team. You have them at 31. And then what would you do with Texas? Because I already know what I'm doing with Texas, but I'm curious what you guys would do. Hedge Texas. Don't hedge the Ravens. Like, I couldn't imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Super Bowl, yeah, you're either going to love them or you're going to hate them. But, like, UT, just based on, like, the outlook, yeah, I would I would look. Yeah. So, what would you do? Would you bet Texas to not win the championship, which would be, like, minus three something? I would bet the exacta. Or would you bet Washington? I would bet an exacta of Alabama to beat Texas. So, you would let it ride against uh, Washington? Yeah. And then I would just bat Bama at that point. Yeah. What do you? What would you do? I don't like this entire conversation. Why? Bro. Gotta let it ride. Dude. I'm obviously letting it ride. No, I the the I'm not a hedge person because <clears throat> my belief is like, why'd you place the bet if you're gonna hedge it? And that's how I feel if you place like twenty bucks and you win. If let's say you place a twenty dollar bet to win ten thousand, right? And I'm always like, well, why did you place that extra leg to get it to 10,000 if you were going to hedge? But that one, you you don't really have any equity in it. So it's like, worst case, you lose $20. This, I have a lot of money on it. So it's like, I really was just playing the odds on it because I thought it was good value. I, I won a series of bets for them to even get here, to win the semi, et cetera. I would hedge against Bama because I just don't, not that we wouldn't win the game, just beating Saban twice in the same year seems like a, a tall task. Um, with the Ravens, I'm kind of in agreement with you. It's like, I'm going to be miserable for eight weeks if they lose the Super Bowl. Yeah. And money isn't going to fix that. <laughs> and if they win the Super Bowl and then I got a lot of money to run around Vegas with, that might be the, the optimal outcome. This is how I respond to these kind of questions. I don't like pocket watching. Yeah. I think you're doing pretty well for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Let it ride, bro. <laughs> you don't know how much I have on Double it, down, bro. You don't know how much I, mean, I have. I don't need to know how much you have on it, but I know that you're doing well and I'm happy for you and I'm rooting for you. I will be a little upset if you hedge, bro. Like hedging, I look at hedging as using three condoms. <laughs> no, I'm with you. So I, like, what? I get it. Why Why'd you place the Now look, if it was to win- There is also, I, my one hedge is like, if something in your opinion has materially changed- that's different, right? Not like if Lamar's out, the odds aren't even going to be decent enough for you to hedge. So I, I think you just let it ride probably at that point or cash out and get your money back. But like if something that you've seen, if you know and you're like, God, like the Ravens got here, but really like they don't have a chance in this game because of something that's changed from your initial, I'm fine with that. But yeah. Yeah, because like, you get new information. You've seen exactly. something new. It's like, you know, say say they've never won in Kansas City and right. like, you know, they're going to play there, then yeah, maybe you feel different. Yeah. But I'm someone like, I'm letting that shit ride, yeah. bro. We had, my dad and I, around this time last year, during the World Cup. Yeah. We went all in on Argentina. 
I remember. And we that. had a ticket and my dad called me right before they played the Netherlands. I'm like, bro, we've already paid the 2K. Yeah. Like the, it, it's gone, yeah. you know? And we had the ticket because I always feel like the ticket is way cooler. Oh, way we have cooler. it than the app. Dude, if also, I, you don't if, have the temptation of hitting the cash out there. True. If right? I win one of these Ravens or Texas <clears throat> bets, it's in my FanDuel account. Like it doesn't hit the same as that ticket. So I, I told my dad, I was like, yo, we got to let it ride, bro. They get they get to the the semis. I forgot who they, they played Croatia, was yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, they played, was it Croatia? No, France probably no, played, they played Croatia. No, France played Morocco. Croatia oh, okay. was Argentina. Yeah, yeah. They win that. And now when they played France, like, dude, I know you're a big soccer yeah, guy yeah. too. And I definitely want to pick your brain about the U.S. men's national team one day. Uh, France is my favorite international team. I have no ties to them. Never yeah. been, no no friends, no family from there. But Thierry Henry is my favorite soccer player of all time. And like, they're stacked. But I was like, bro, we're in the final now, dude. Like, let's just let it ride. I also didn't think that they were actually that good. France or Argentina? Yeah, France. France. Like, I, I almost placed what would have been my biggest bet of all time on Argentina. I didn't do it because I was like, anything could happen. Like, I really didn't feel like I had a huge edge. I really thought that Argentina was the better team in that game. Like France, the guys who had been injured, their stars weren't really playing that well. Uh, and I'm, even though, like I can't imagine what you and your pops went through that day. Dude. As a fan of the sport, I almost cried for Messi. I was rooting for Argentina so hard. Having financial investment in that game, the roller coaster of emotions, I don't know if I would have made it to penalties. Like I literally... Thank the Lord that penalties weren't stressful. Like in some fact, like Argentina, they kind of led from start to finish. But whole, like when he scored in extra time and I was like, wow, he finally did it. Like this is the messy moment. Like he actually, it wasn't a penalty. Like there's nothing you could say. He scored and then Mbappe scores again. I don't know if I would have been able to handle it. Bro, I'm scrolling through my phone right now because I'll show you off air and then I'm going to repost it for everyone listening. Yeah. My dad FaceTime. I FaceTime my dad, and he's crying, <laughs> like, like someone passed away in our family <laughs> crying. And I was like, "Yo, bro, I love you." And I just hung up the phone because, like, he was going through. What it. were the odds on it? Uh, we got um uh, plus nine hundred. George, okay. look at this photo, bro. Oh my god! And I'm hammered dude. at ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, on oh, no, a game for like I four hours. Toss that to Jack. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It looks like his team won the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they were like in Argentina. And bro, we were just going through. I'm going to definitely post this when, when I shoot this video. And I'm hammered. I'm like yelling. It's, I'm sending a Maradona memes <laughs> of him giving the, the original cocaine cowboy, Diego Maradona. Uh, oh, great. man. Good time. It was about a year ago, too, yeah. bro. It was about yeah, a year literally. ago. Legit. Jack, this was fucking dope, man. I, I thank you so much for thinking about me when you came out here and you were like, yo, bro, let me hop on the show. Um, thanks for taking the time because I know you're busy and shit and to have you on for about almost two hours now and, you know, you connected with George too. I would yeah, love no, for you I guys appreciate to do shit. That'd be dope. No, I'm excited. I mean, all love for you, but I'm excited to follow along, see the journey now yeah. because we all started in one place, you know? Oh, yeah, man. And, uh, hey, our goal is to go together. That's that's the biggest thing in content creation. It's, it's all this like solo journey for a lot of people. So that's why I think you two are lucky to have found each other and, and be able to work off each other. Cause that's the toughest part. Like the, the going through it daily on your own, the, the, you know, failures, the lack of success, 
And then when you have someone to motivate you to work off of, it's it's inspiring. It definitely changes the game, bro. Yeah, Fuck definitely. Yeah, we found each other. You see the way so, you yeah. like. He it's said, me, bro. He it, bro. It's a circle. <laughs> Jack, tell people where they can find you on social yeah, media. Yeah, Jack Settleman, uh, Snapback Sports, all platforms. Come sub to the uh, the new YouTube channel. You can be subscriber fourteen sixty eight or whatever. It might no, I be. just took that one. Fourteen sixty nine. Fourteen sixty nine. There it is. Very nice. Very nice. But appreciate you guys for having me. Maybe we'll talk uh, in a couple months. Super Bowl, Ravens, Lions, Cowboys, Bills. We'll see. But thank you guys for having me. Hey, legends. Do you ever feel the urge to break away and discover the world with a like-minded tribe? Let me introduce you to Fly Me Out, the premier social travel club. Imagine if LinkedIn, Airbnb, and Raya had a travel-loving baby. Whether you're looking to network with professionals on a beach or bond with creatives in the heart of a city, Fly Me Out has got you covered. Dive into curated experiences, and with their platform, it's never easier to find your tribe and see the globe. Don't just travel, make memories with Fly Me Out. Use code VM for expedited application review. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get started on today's episode of Veterans Minimum, big ups to the members of the Patreon. We got Mahul Patel, Abel Rezin, Ben Coetzee, and Christopher Velasquez, Derek Plates, Dylan Chadwick, Jerry Shapiro, Jordan Riley, Mike Stevens, Mike Wozniak, Nick Crummich, and Thomas Robinson. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. We are at 80 members, trying to get to 100 members by the Super Bowl, the sneaker giveaway last month. The sneakers should be at your crib. It'd be nice when you guys get them to tag us so people don't think that we're scamming them, George. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you guys get your that's shit. Scary. Yes. When we're giving you shit. You know what I'm saying? Patreon.com slash veterans minimum. Before we dive into football with our guest Jack Settleman, we have another special guest in the building at Lock Hub Bets on Instagram. Over 250 million views on TikTok. Do people know like your real name or is this like your alias? Um, I don't think so. See my, uh, I have lock hub and then I have like a personal page that's top DJ. So I kind of hide the name, but my name is Cody. Okay. But I, I, I don't I didn't know, know. Like some people are like, yeah. yo, only address me by my social media name. So I didn't want to kind of bury the lead. Yeah. I haven't really figured out like a cool social media name yet. So at this point, I'm just Cody from lock hub, I guess. Okay. Welcome to the show, man. Thank, hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks for pulling up. How are you enjoying Vegas? Do you come to Vegas often? Oh, I would say like once a month or once every two months. Personally, I try to stay out here because all I do is donate. Like, for example, like. On the way into the win, I lost 400 bucks, which by the way, 
Like, why are the minimums all a hundred dollars? Welcome to the win, bro. <laughs> I mean, that's really the answer. I should not be here. Yeah, you shouldn't. If anything, like, so I sat down and it was just L, L, L. And then I was like, all right. And now we're here. Now we're here, man. And you are a fan of the UFC? I am a fan of the UFC, yes. I bet on every single UFC fight. I fucking love it. Uh, I It's probably one of the only things that I can watch completely without having to have money on it. Everything else, I kind of have to have money on it to get my TikTok brain to focus. But yes, I like the UFC a lot. God, he sounds like us. Yeah, I know. I know. I love I, it. But I need action on UFC. Yeah. Like it's just the ultimate get off. Oh my God. And it's like every 15 minutes. Yeah. It's it. It's the best sport in the world. I agree with you. It's become legit my, it's my favorite in person to go like to the venue and watch it. Nothing well, beats it. I've never it. been to a fight. Oh, dude, you got to go. I We're going on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, welcome. Another person. On yeah, dude, show, you're Jack just, too. people are getting baptized this weekend. Bro, UFC listen, fights. Let's get it. Oh. Listen, Dana, Uncle Dana. I tell everybody for years, just because you haven't heard about the show doesn't mean that it's not popping and people aren't listening. When I tell them it's the best in-person experience of any sport. And I've been to soccer games. I've been to NBA games. I've been to playoff games. I've been to, I've been to 10 Super Bowls. Damn. Oh, shit. Been to 10, you don't know this? I do not know this. That's bro, crazy. <laughs> what did you, crazy. you really didn't know I've been to 10 Super Bowls, bro. Hey, are we playing like two truths and a lie? No, no, we're playing. It's actually, <laughs> we're playing, uh, <laughs> hey, yo, I so can if I can. On my Hinge profile? It's not. Two truths and a lie. It says I've been to 10 Super Bowls. And it's the truth. That's so funny. Backstory. My dad got a coffee truck in New York City, 49th and Park Avenue. That used to be where the NFL offices was. So okay. for uh, my whole life growing up, I get tickets to the Super Bowl. That's a blessing. Through customers. Yeah. So I've been to 10 Super Bowls. I'm not capping, bro, for ha-has and hee-hees. I'm telling you the truth. That's the greatest tip ever. Like when your dad was like, wait, you're giving me Super Bowl tickets? Yeah, yeah take he, a sandwich and a coffee, bro. It's on the house. There's bacon, egg, and cheese. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, he always ate for free. I would yeah, imagine. Bro, we yeah. never charged them, yo. Shout out to Roberto, man. Big Roberto, my dog. He retired now. We lost that hookup, but hey, <laughs> we, we haven't been to a Super Bowl since. <laughs> we haven't been to a Super Bowl since, bro. It's been about a decade. It's been hard for a player out here. But yeah, man. So I've been to Super Bowls, but. A, a UFC pay-per-view, man, you're going to have a good time. And it's fucking, it's fucking dope. Are you excited for this card though? Like if you were just watching oh, it I'm at so home? I'm so excited. Uh, best main card of this year. Besides, who was it? I there think was Miami was pretty Miami. Dope. Wait, who, who, what was the main that event was, of that? That was Eddie per Izzy Pereira too. Oh yeah. It was yeah. like Mazadal and Burns. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. UFC always has a banger card like one once every like two or three months. That's just ridiculous and stacked all the way. So, I mean, I look forward to it, to be honest. George, what are you looking forward to? In this card? Yeah. Uh, the I'm, main card. I'm looking forward to Tony Ferguson, like, beating Patty, but somehow the UFC saying, no, Patty wins. Yes. Is, is that what? Yeah. I think that's. Yes. The UFC fuckery has hit a WWE level of, of crazy. Bro, you're talking to someone that got to experience it both in person and both personally because one of my really good friends is Jared Flash Gordon. Fights oh at 155. God. He fought Patty Pimblett last Robbery. year in December. And to this day, I'm waiting for someone to tell me that Jared didn't win that fight outside of Patty Pimblett because it hasn't been the case. I made this money is the on first that. Time, and this is the first time that we saw, we see Patty again since. I made money on that and I was still like, wait a minute. 
Like, like I didn't even celebrate. I was like, what just happened? Like that was a robbery. I've, I don't know. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Did they no, ever I, say I anything? was in the same boat. Nah, bro. They brush it under the rug. They're just like, yeah, it's the same thing for He's the Sugar Sean. You yeah. know, like those two fighters uh, are, are, yeah. I know a fight you're talking about with Sugar Sean, and well, that Peter, was close. Peter Yan. The Patty one was not. Was not, yes. And this is the first time that we see him. He's going up against uh, T. Ferg, who he's cost me a lot of money the last couple fights because I'm like, yo, this is where Tony bounces back, bounces back. And I think, man, it goes back to the pandemic when he did that false weigh-in against Habib. Remember he weighed in when he was supposed to fight Habib during the pandemic and he's like, yo, I still made weight. And then three weeks later, he fought Gaethje in, mm. in like Jacksonville or somewhere in Florida. And that was a bloodbath, bro. And ever since then, he hasn't won, right? He was on that 12-fight winning yeah. streak. And then since then, he's on a six-fight losing streak. But now he's got David Goggins in his corner. Ooh. Goggins is in the building, bro. Who carry the boats? Oh, who fight to go the distance? I'm putting money on that. He's not sure. going out like oh. a sucker. No way. No way. That's How do you like feel that? about that fight? Oh, see, I want to say Tony Ferguson got this. I want to, but to be, let's be honest. Like after seeing uh, the robbery happen with Patty, like I'm just not going to bet on it. I'm going to just watch it. I'm not touching that bet. I'm not touching it because Patty's going to end up winning. I want Tony Ferguson to win so bad too, which is the worst thing about betting is whenever you really want the, like one side to win. So I'm not touching that at all. I think Patty wins probably by some weird, like a submission. And then you're like, oh shit, I guess he's nice now. Hasn't he been training like a bunch with, um, what have I been hearing? Patty's been training with, oh my God. Hmm. Was it Alex Pereira? No, it's someone random. I don't know. Well, all I know is I'm not betting that one. I'm betting on everything else besides that fight. Yeah. What are you, what are you guys doing? I also think, uh, Shavkat, what's the, he's been training with Gilbert Burns. There we go. Yeah. Submission guy. One of the best jujitsu guys in MMA. Gilbert Burns. Really? Yeah. Like he's no frame. Like, yo, there's a difference between, cause I train, do you train anything? Do you do like any? Uh, I just go to the gym like a couple times a week. I don't do any type but of like, training. You don't do like any you, martial you arts? You guys do training? I train, I train jujitsu. Yeah. What's that like? I love it, bro. It's, really? I feel like an addict when I'm not, when I don't go on the mats, I'm like, fuck, I need my fix. It's, I gotta get into that. It's super addicting, bro. It's dope. It's probably, it's, it's fun. Like, see, I'll play basketball a bunch, but like, uh. Like, it's fun to find an activity that you also get a workout in. So, yeah, I mean, I might have to look into that. Bro, come train while you're out here. Come, Let's get it. Come to, come to my place. That's not yeah, what no, Las Vegas like, is for. Don't let him, to like, take you to a train. You're in Las Vegas, Nevada. You're not here to MMA wrestle. Yeah, I'm, I'm here a bunch. It's okay. But, yo, I'm saying. Wrestle. I'm not that trying is true. To, you are here every month. But, yo, I'm being sincere. Like, it's always, it's, it's better when you go to a jiu-jitsu gym. Or any kind of gym like that, and you know somebody there, because like it could yeah. be intimidating, bro. You exactly. Know what I'm I like, wouldn't go into there and just be like, "Hey, yeah, it's my first." It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta you have gotta a plug. Go, like, you gotta go. I gotta be and, introduced. Yeah, it's completely different. And and the reason why I bring all this up is because like there's MMA jujitsu, and then there's like jujitsu jujitsu only jujitsu, right? Like, because it's different. Where like in jujitsu, when you are in mount, it's not as dominant as when you're in mount in MMA. Right? Like there, because you could throw elbows and punches and all that. Where in jujitsu, yeah, like you get in mount, it's still mount, but it's like different levels to it. Yeah. Does that make sense? So 
I say all that because Patty Pimblett is training with Gilbert Burns ahead of this fight with Tony Ferguson. And, and Tony's a very unorthodox fighter. And he also trains unorthodox. That's why it's hilarious that he's training with David Goggins. But I think Goggins is brought in for like motivational stuff because he talked to John Jones too before his last fight. And like that video was going crazy after the fact where he's like, yo, it's a war mentality and all this stuff. And, you know, this dude is coming for everything that you stand for and have worked for. So who knows if this is like a second win for T-Ferg, bro. Plus 250. Look, I'm probably going to take that. Probably going to take plus 250. After that, Robert, I can't even, I can't. I hear you, man. I'm not seeing, so I'm on the Action Network right now. I'm not seeing any lines for Patty Pimblett across the board. Would there okay. would be any reason for that? Should I refresh? The last time, the last time I saw for Patty, he's about a three to one favorite. Yeah, it's like minus three ten ish. Yeah, minus three fifteen, give or take. Wager attack has it at minus three oh five. So, <clears throat> I agree with you, bro. There's a lot of people that are like, "Hey, man, I don't know if I want to bet this anymore." No, just because they feel that way. Yeah, just stay away from that fight. What fight are you looking to bet on? Oh my god! Uh, see, I call him Shaved Cat, but it's Shavkat. Oh my God, he's going to destroy him. That's a KO right there. Easy one. And I'm pretty sure it's at plus 300. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's at plus 300. Shaved cat. <laughs> plus 300 KO. That's yeah. one of my favorites. And bro, I, I I read their names. I don't know how to pronounce any of their names. What? Who's fighting before uh, Edwards? Pantoja and Roy Val. Roy Val. My favorite bet on the card is fight ends by submission plus 180. Who? Either of them. Oh, on them. Just a fight. Just call them. They're under? They're under? Smacking. They're under smacking. What's uh what's it gonna be? Is it gonna be two and a half? So it the, two, two and the half. total rounds is two and a half. It's mm -hmm. minus one fifty two. Um minus one fifty five on wager attack. Yeah. It's I like that too. These guys hunt for finishes. Yes. Yes, they do. Smaller weight divisions too. It's pretty dope. They're they're guys that do go to not just score points. They go to put you away. And fight ends by submission plus 180. That's my favorite bet for that. Oh, I think it's a plus 180? Yeah. So either or, whoever you want, whoever you want. But I do like the under yeah, too. Yeah, I, love, I one, love the under. That the under is, on that and Shave Cat KO, those are my favorite. I love Shave Cat, bro. Now I'm not going to be able to not <laughs> call him that. And dude, he's future champ. Oh, like yeah. This guy is a problem. Plus, plus 310. By TKO knockout for Rachmanov, plus 140 by submission. <clears throat> I think that's his best way to win, though, the fight. I think he has a clear advantage. Fuck that. KO. 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 Look, minus 700, bro. I think that's the only way you could bet him. It has to be by one or the other oh, kind yeah. of finishes. Yeah. Or maybe like the, you know, you guys hit <clears throat> to the double chance, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Minus 175. And look, you're, looking at, like a guy, yo, you're looking at a guy who... In all the years I've been watching MMA, I've never seen a fighter like this who he's 17 and 0, 17 finishes, nine by sub, eight by knockout, or the other way around. It's like balanced evenly. So is the decision the most favored? Mm. No. The the most favorite is plus 140 by submission. Okay. All right. Then plus sense. 250 by points. And this is a minus 700 favorite. <clears throat> yeah. And the thing that makes him so interesting is because he's such a balanced fighter. Like there are guys who they'll they'll have twenty finishes and like seventeen of them are by knockout and then three by sub, right? Because mm -hmm. they're knockout guys. And then on the other side, there's 
guys that are 20 and 0 with 20 finishes and like 15 of them are by submission because they're in jujitsu black belts. This guy is nine to eight. It's balanced. He's like, he'll whoop your ass standing up. He'll submit you on the ground. It's happening. So I like that one, man. I'm leaning towards the submission. I do a parlay every week called the subathon. Okay. And it's kind of three to four legs. I just pick guys who I think are going to win by submission. I've hit four of them this year. The intro to the video that plays right before the podcast, I'm diving into a pool because I hit a subathon, turned twenty two dollars into eighteen hundred. Oh my god! Yeah, four leg parlay, bro. Back I'm tailing in, it. Whatever you're betting on, I'm back sprinkling some on it. Shavkat, yeah, Shavkat, no. Shavkat, Shavkat. Yeah, yeah. But we gotta get that name down. Cody is a future champ, bro. Nomad. Shavkat, 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 Shavkat. <laughs> what do you like in the main event, bro? Oh, Edwards for sure. Oh, you like Edwards? Yeah. Well, who do you like? I love Colby. Why? I think Colby is... He hasn't fought in like two years, right? Yeah. March of 2022. I actually, fun fact, I came to Vegas for that card. My birthday's in March. My my friend Boss and I, we uh, we call him Boss because we both have the same initials and the same name and it's just easier. Like everyone has a nickname in our friend group. <clears throat> um, he fought Mazadal on that card and he hasn't fought since. It's his first time coming back. I'm a fan no. of... I'm a fan of chaos, no yeah. pun intended, because this is his nickname. Okay. But I know that MMA purists are going to lose their mind if he wins. And I think it's a great matchup for him. I think he could walk down Leon. He has the pace to withstand. He has momentum. Edwards rounds. has so much momentum right now. He does. Yeah, he does. But like, Colby's, Colby's a hard guy to put away, though, too. And, like, Kamara Uzma is, like, like, I understand, like, oh, my God. I just feel like he's so good. And the fact that he beat him twice... I got to see it to believe it. Like, I'm on Edwards. I'm on Edwards, personally. It, minus 160, plus 130 the other way for Colby. The layoff is definitely concerning. He's being gifted this opportunity. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't deserve to be the number one contender and to be fighting for the belt. Yeah. But that's but they're going to make reason. a bunch of money. Yeah. Pay-per-views. And, and that's another reason why I'm leaning towards him because... George, you know I love outrage, bro. And people are going to lose their mind if a guy that's two and two in his last four fights with his two wins being over Woodley and Mazadal is getting a title shot. Yeah. And I mean, from what I understand too, it's like the whole, he hasn't necessarily beat anybody under the age of 35 or whatever. And like, it could be a turning of a new leaf to his career though. It's it's a... uh, it's a big time opportunity. I liked Covington as soon as I knew Trump was going to be in the building. I just think it's, he's going to walk out. Trump's going to walk out. You think that's like his PEDs? Like, I think Colby Covington wins and announces his vice presidency. Wow. You're going all in. Oh I'm gonna, he's like, oh, that's he's crazy. Like, Trump, I'm, I'm gonna, Mike Pence was a pussy. Like, I'm, uh, I'm the real vice president. You know what I mean? That'd be good. That'd be, yeah, good. that'd be crazy because he's probably going to be here, right? Weren't you talking about before we were recording that he's like in Reno? Like he's, this kid mapped out the whole Trump like layout. Yeah. I mean, I don't know too much about UFC, but I was like, I figured he was the whole MAGA guy. And then I, I saw he's going to be in New Hampshire Saturday morning doing a speech. And then he's in Reno the next day. So I know he's going to fly into Vegas, take the, take that little flight. He's going to go to dinner with Dana. He's going to walk out with Dana right before the Covington fight. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be like, I don't know, surreal. Boom, headshot, you know? Are you excited to hear that chant? Headshot dead. Headshot dead. Headshot dead. I was recently watching when he fought in London against Usman in the rematch. And the whole crowd was like chanting his intro. It's pretty, it's like 
bone tickling, bro. It's fucking nuts. Wait, you were in London? No, no, no. I wasn't in London, but oh. I was watching the video. Oh, okay. That shit was nuts, bro. I would say you're at every single event. No, nah, but I do go <laughs> often. Like, the they haven't announced it yet, but I think the card in March is going to be in Miami, and it's the same weekend that it usually is when they bring it out here, and I'm looking to go for my birthday. I might be Cheeto and Sugar Sean. What is that? My, it hasn't been announced yet, but it's rumored to be... Well, it's been announced for the pay-per-view, two ninety nine. They haven't announced the city yet, but it's like 95% sure it's going to be in Miami. Mm. Maybe we take a road trip, bro. Uh, a lot of Cubans week. in Miami, dude. You're, oh, you dude, I'm meant, your people. I'm meant for Miami, bro. Yeah. Oh, you're like, Cuban? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. When I went down to Miami, man, you know, it just starts oh. to come out. Like, hey, so fucking UFC 299, you know? Like, uh, yeah, we'll definitely do some cocaine or something like that. <laughs> that's like the road trip. Uh, you know, that's the fuel. Trip you're trying to go that's on. the real gas that yeah. we need to make it. We to gotta Miami. watch Scarface before we go. Oh. Like on the plane, there you oh, gotta watch yes. Scarface to really get, get fired up. Hold on, that chainsaw scene, dude. I would love to do this again, man. Have you on maybe like a little longer because we're running up on time uh, for the studio. Uh, the next show comes in, but appreciate you stopping by, dude. Let the people know where they can find you and all the stuff you're working on. Uh, at Lock Hub Bets, um. Or just on TikTok. Just scroll on TikTok and you'll see me. I'm a gold medalist. Bronze like your medalist. So many deer in headlights, but it's bedtime. Hear that supper bell. Main course, beat of venison. Zap. Most dangerous game. Either kill or be killed. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.